0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Black Friday special of the Full Blast podcast. I'm Jeff Bader. God damn it. I'm finally here with my friends (laughs) wriggling around back there. Jonathan Porter of John- Jonathan Porter of Doghouse Forge and Ben Snure, baddest motherfucker of Texas. How are you both? Fabulous. Gosh darn it! <laughs> We've had a little technical issues, but now we're back and everything's going to be good. And it's the Black Friday episode. And just to, before we get the ball rolling, I I, uh, I have to make some do a little business here. IsoTunes uh, sent me some uh, noise canceling earbuds that I wanted to give away. And uh, you, the listeners sent me stories of redemption. And I thought I'd read you this story of redemption that I thought was appropriate, especially with you guys here. I'm, I'm super pumped. P.S. It is, it is totally appropriate because this headphone situation has been the, the bane of
2: the, of the whole process. Now, really if, we all had,
1: if we all had isotunes, it might, might have been better, but uh, we, we've, been, we've been struggling. But we're back. Don't worry about that. It's fine. So the winner of the IsoTunes uh, earbuds work earbuds, thank you IsoTunes by the way, is Woo! Riley Riley Knife and Tool. That's Drew Riley. So Drew Riley send sent in a, a funny story that I thought I'd read to you guys. And then um, Riley, when you uh, Drew, when you get this, when you hear this, I'll send you a message. You should shoot DM, DM me your address and I'll send it to you. So this is what this is his story of, of redemption. Um, so Drew wrote. I grew up outside of Chicago, and each summer we drive 400 miles to my grandparents' hog farm to visit every childhood's dream of riding tractors, shooting guns, going fishing, and shoveling hundreds of pounds of hog shit. Yes, my grandfather had a modest hog farm, and each summer we'd help him uh, help him at the farm. Time my out, uncle. Time, time, what is a modest-sized hog
2: farm?
0: More than eight pigs.
2: More than eight pig. Continue. Fuck, I Thank don't you. know.
0: Thank you. Well, ben, I, ben
1: Ben, clarified it. He has more than eight pigs. We're good. Let's go. I think that this is very important that you guys stop me whenever you think that I need to, some clarifications, because obviously I'm from New York and I have no idea. So that's a I'd like to clarify
0: question. something. Something was wrong with him as a kid if he looked forward to shoveling hundreds of pounds of hog shit.
1: Well, I mean, you know, he's from Chicago. It'd be you know, maybe, maybe
2: it was fun for him.
0: Maybe he that's shoveled it in no one. one of
2: those skid steers, and that's that'd be kind of fun, maybe. You could, like, slide around like you're on ice.
0: Like I don't thing. know. He said he was a young kid. Oh, yeah,
2: that's true.
1: That's <laughs> well, true. I mean, you know. Okay. Drew, All, right. All
2: right. Drew, back, listen. Back Drew, to it.
1: going to it. Drew, you're, you're going to you're gonna have to get a little ball breaking for this. <laughs> you're going to have to work a little hard. You're going to have to listen to this to, to get these earphones, P.S. So when I'd come and help, my Uncle John would also come to help. Uncle John was six feet tall, two sixty-five. He was a hog wrestling, tobacco chewing, hard working son of a gun. He wore denim overalls, a trucker cap, pocket t, uh, single pocket T-shirt, and a pair of authentic Ray-Ban aviator glasses. Mm, my dad wears
2: those. I cannot pull them off, but that's un- that's understandable.
0: Okay. I, I, those are good glasses. I ran over a pair of those with a tractor, was able to bend them back straight and wear them for another year.
1: I have to admit, I do have a pair of aviators. The only problem is the backs. They, they, you, can't, you can't look down. They slide off your head, but they are, they be are in the it air is a classic look. Classic. Mm. All right. So one day we were finishing building a dump tank for the new hog barn. Think of a giant flushing toilet, but for pigs. Mm. You have an open tank that trickles water until it reaches a certain level. The water throws the tank off balance, sending hundreds of gallons of water rushing through a drainage trench trench under the elevated pig pen. Everything in the trench is washed through uh, to a central drain, leading to a full aromatic pond of thousands of gallons of hog shit. We were getting ready to take the first big test dump, and I was ready to watch all the action. That's when I saw them, Uncle John's favorite sunglasses laying in the trench about to be swept away by the forthcoming water oh, and poo before i could say a word i heard it a giant crash of falling water Oh boy. the the, t- the tank dumped and there's no stopping it the trench instantly filled with a raging torrent of hundreds of gallons of water rushing rapidly from one end of the barn to the other and taking everything away with it mm. i had a split second to react I dropped to my belly, reached through a small opening in the metal grating, stretched my 11-year-old arm as far as I could, and I snatched my uncle's glasses from the icy cold jaws of water and feces. Something out of a movie. Icy cold feces would be like rock hard
2: feces.
0: <laughs> I think it'd be better than warm feces, though.
1: It, it would be. It'd be less messy. That's yeah, I, sure. I did edit it a little bit, so I added the icy cold <laughs> feces. I, obviously, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know the proper temperature. Oh, why of like, did you? Why did you decide to embellish the the temperature of the feces?
3: No, No, no to... uh,
0: war, warm, shitty water <laughs> makes a better story than ice cold shitty water. Well, but, yeah,
1: you want to be. On, I mean, it'd be, be more you...
0: fragrant. the The doo would be softer. I mean, it's just <laughs> it makes a bad embellishment, Jeff. I
1: fucked up. I fucked up, Drew. I fucked up. Here's the reason why. I it was a it was really well written. But when you read it on a podcast, it didn't sound right, so I made some edits, and then that was a poor edit. <laughs> the, icy cold, the, the icy cold water and feces. I added feces. The icy, the cold icy jaws of water was there, and I added feces. Because I ah. thought feces is a funny word.
3: Mm.
1: I fucked up. You called me out. You're right, 100%.
3: Uh,
1: I puffed out my chest and strode over to my uncle to present him with his saved Ray-Bans, complete with a huge shit-eating grin on my face he told me how happy he and proud he was that i noticed them and they were real authentic 150 dollars pair of uh, ray-ban sunglasses that his favorite brother had gifted him the one most cherished fashion accessory i was happier than a pig in shit i just saved uncle john's favorite glasses i was the man i was awesome i was the best i could do no wrong is this what becoming a man feels like? That was short-lived. Because after we finished, we decided to go to the local diner. My grandpa and uncle had already gone to the house to wash up, and I walked into the mudroom to take off my boots. Uh, I walked in the door, and I sat down uh, in the nearby chair and to unlace my boots, and that's when I heard a crunch. It couldn't be. Oh, it no. wasn't possible, but it was. Moments after saving my uncle's favorite pair of $150 Ray-Bans from a certain smelly demise, my fat ass pulverized them into a million uh, pieces. I briefly you know, Uncle said, John
0: is, is just horribly irresponsible with these glasses. I bet he has to buy a new pair every month.
1: I think you're right. I, I don't think, I don't think, I think Drew is helping out Uncle John's, you know, inability to keep track of his items. I mean... Yeah, how do, you, I, how do you leave something important in a, in a drainage ditch?
0: Or leave it in a chair for somebody's fat ass to squash.
1: No, I think it was in his back pocket from coming in from the ditch. No, he, no, no. No, because he, he, he gave oh, him to his own. My he goodness. put him down, and then uh, Drew drew was cocky, sitting down to take part. his boots off, and he sat on them. Uh, I briefly considered gathering up the pieces and running them in my Ray-Ban crushing ass straight to the end of the farm and jump. Head first into that effluent pond mm. he wanted to dive into that horse uh, that uh, pig pond so congratulations um drew riley that was a good story well written i'm sorry i fucked up the edit i don't i know there couldn't possibly be cold feces that was my bad
2: that was like instant balance of like the universe because it was it was glorified and then it was taken away all at the same time so yeah that's perfect.
0: and he had an arm covered in shit right but no, well, no. I, the, the villain of this story is Uncle John for not being responsible with his belongings.
2: <laughs> I think you just have a problem with uncles in general.
0: <laughs> no, not really. I have a problem with people losing shit.
2: Oh, well, well, that's don't you like you and I would not get along, Ben, if we hung out together. <laughs> Hell, I this, got
1: a stack
0: of old Ray-Bans.
1: This, this story reminded me of the story you told on our podcast, on the, on the podcast, Ben, when you accidentally dropped your phone into the uh, oh, yeah. into the pit of shit you did the same, you did something similar, but you didn't have anyone, you didn't have some young nephew diving headfirst in a kind of save, him, save it for
0: No, I wouldn't have let a, a young nephew do that.
1: Oh, so you think that also now, <laughs> also not only is John, all, no, not I, only you know this
0: all like, happened, It all happened quick. He was trying to save the day. He didn't think Uncle John was, you know, probably off looking for his sunglasses somewhere in the wrong place. And so he was just trying to help. And so he dove in after him and, you know, you can't, it happens. Shit Uncle, happens.
1: Uncle John leave, left it in two places, two unfortunate places both times. I think Uncle John owes you the, the 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 pair of isotunes. I think Uncle uh, John has some has some you know Uncle John's a little bit he needs to be take track of his things. I'm fired? starting to question the integrity of the Ray-Bans.
2: Are we sure they are actual Ray Bans? Because I, this like is was... sounding more like a pair of truck stock you know, Ray-Bans that are being left around. Like
0: I agree. You know? I agree. Like I said, I, whenever I say I ran over some with a tractor, I ran over a pair with a big fucking tractor. And they survived.
2: Yeah, now I'm not discrediting this man's story because his emotions are the same regardless of the integrity of the Ray-Bans. But I am starting to question
1: the integrity of the Ray-Bans. If so. you, listen, regardless of the integrity, he still gets the
0: iTunes. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> he gets the iTunes regardless. <laughs> it was a good story, and I... I'm, I'm beginning just, to
0: doubt whether there was a hog farm.
3: <laughs> is, this, is this, if now, you made this story up, Drew, you still get the fucking isotudes. You still get them. Who gives, you still get them.
1: <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the, you know what? Fucking a, right. If I asked you to write something, fucking make it up. I honestly don't care. I seriously don't care. You know, that's the thing on the funny thing on knife talk is we ask these, ask for these questions. And, and everybody thinks they have to be real. You can make some shit, up. make some shit up. It's for the radio. No one cares. So we don't believe you, Drew, and you're. They don't believe they're Ray bans We don't believe it's a hog form, But you win the ISO Tunes anyway.
0: Hell of a good lie.
1: Fucking great. Congratulations. I'm confused. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't I mean, doesn't this cowboy is... talk is? I mean, doesn't it fit into the into we, the vein of cowboy talk?
0: We gotta call bullshit on everything. Is that? <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. Oh man. But I mean, you know, this is these are these are obviously I my my only the only farming I've ever been involved with is my father actually was a winemaker. So we were in the agriculture business for quite a while. So there was I mean, I would go up on the weekends and we would work with uh, you know. It was it was all kind of tractors and stuff like that, but livestock wasn't really a big thing. I will tell one livestock story. Is before I was born, my dad had this big vineyard and he had, some, um, he had some friend who needed a place for the, their cows to graze. So my dad at the time was like, yeah, sure, keep them keep here. It's fine. So all of a sudden, he's got this dude left, and my dad was responsible for all these black Angus cows. And he, he's a Jewish guy from the Upper East Side who knew how to make wine. He didn't know anything about these goddamn cows. So I just remember he, um, he immediately grew to hate them. And then he would tell me these horrible stories of having to help uh, a cow give birth and using, you know, hoists and chains and stuff. And it was always gross. And it got to the point where he says, the cows hate me and I hate the cows. I want to get this vineyard going. Get these fucking cows off this property. He hates it.
0: Well, pulling How? calves is never fun.
1: I just wonder though
2: at the ratio of which like people with small herds have to pull calves compared to people with like thousands of head. I just wonder like why there's such a high ratio of every story of somebody with their small herd has to pull calves.
0: You know what? That is an excellent question.
1: So what is pulling a calf? Ben, you take that one, man.
0: Oh, so hell, it's, it's the same as, you know, whenever a, OBGYN's got to go in and assist with a birth. You know, something can get crossways. You know, a head get cocked to the side. Sometimes it come out sideways, like Uh, a foot
2: gets pushed forward a lot of times. Like a leg will get pushed forward up next to the head. You know.
0: Well, when a calf is born, their feet come out first. Their feet, and then their nose. So they got the front feet out in front of their face, and then their nose comes out. So generally, if you're pulling a calf, you have got those two front legs to get a hold of and yank on.
3: Yeah.
1: And, how often would you have to do that? I mean, what would uh, be the how, out of like ten cows would you have to do every two cows? You have to pull their.
2: Oh
0: hell no! I probably hadn't had to pull a calf in ten years.
2: Yeah, I was about to say I never, I never actually got to see one because I I wasn't on the ranch usually during the the dropping months, but um, I dealt a lot that was with done. it.
0: I dealt a lot with it whenever I was down in Lordsburg, or not in Lordsburg, in uh, south of Wilcox, Arizona, and I was working for that vet that owned the feedlot, and so everybody who had animal issues brought them there. And I mean, I I dealt with the most horrendous shit you have ever, you can imagine, just gallons of pus and Ugh. grossness.
1: Pus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like you know, they try to pull a calf. You know what? I don't. I don't want to go into this. that's. That's okay. a little too raunchy for the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is supposed to be okay. Yeah, let's have fun. It. Listen, you're the fucking cowboys. I don't know. I, I don't this, know where this, this, this thing is going. I was just talking about I, my yeah, old man I, the calf. I, I don't. I don't want to
0: turn people off the beef industry.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Uh,
0: I <sighs> don't you know. Uh, what? Speaking speaking of winery, though, so mm-hmm. I, my boss one day, my boss is kind of of a visionary. He doesn't always follow these visions, but one day he shows up and he's like, you know what? I went and took a class. We're turning the ranch into a winery. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that front wheat field, that 10 acres, we're going to turn that into a winery. I'm going to send your wife to viticulturist school. I'm going to pay her $100,000 a year, and she's going to grow these grapes.
1: Jesus Christ, that's not
0: bad. Oh, it would have been the worst idea ever. Like well, there is it, no bet no worse grape growing climate than Clarendon, Texas. Why is that? Hail, wind, oh. heat. Just, just the wind by itself. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Fuck yeah, is you'd it, have to collect your grapes a mile down the road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the 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 one a couple of things that people don't realize is 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 that You know, New York is not a good area for growing grapes because the winters are so cold. So Mm -hmm. the winemakers in this area, what they've done is they've taken uh, varietals of grapes that are easy to take care of in terms of they can handle the cold weather and then they can handle, like, just they can handle the cold weather. So you're not going to get a lot, you know, but I would imagine that probably you could whatever – you know, you, there. I'm sure some guy would be like, "Okay, this is the grape you could probably grow around here." However, if they haven't already, that they probably won't. You know, but the real thing is, is your first crop isn't gonna do anything until the first until seven years. So well, you would have been, you would have got across. that 700, you would get that 700 grand before you got that first uh, harvest.
2: That's like all the people here that during the last housing boom they planted palm trees everywhere because you could sell a palm tree for a pretty good profit, and then. Everybody planted all these palm trees, and the housing market collapsed. So now all these people just have acres and acres of ten and twelve foot tall decorative palm trees that they can't do anything with. It's I'm uh,
1: surprised. I'm surprised your boss has not like realized that the the new crop is going to be weed in Clarendon,
2: uh, Texas. Uh, that's that's a stretch re- in that area of Texas. Yeah, isn't it?
0: no good. I we're we're pretty conservative. I mean, hell, I think there's like. 27 churches in town of
3: 1500. Huh. I, don't, yeah. I
0: don't think. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there, there may be more more closet potheads than I know around here.
1: Maybe. Well, this is the new, maybe this is the new cow. I mean, I mean, we're talking with two cowboys with cowboy stories. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't want to
0: farm shit.
1: No. Uh
2: uh-uh. uh. No, 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 no. Definitely not. We farmed all of our alfalfa and all of our, um, all of our. Our brome grass and stuff for baling. But that's, a,
3: that's,
2: but that that's also boring as far as like the ranch side of stuff. That's oh. there's so many things of the ranch that aren't necessarily uh, exciting. I can tell you though, one time speaking of hay, I um and just I think Ben will appreciate this. You are an intuitive guy ben, and 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 an engineering mind kind of guy and. I had decided it was time to figure out how to load the hay truck being my that was my four door uh one ton Chevy and single axle in the back, long bed. And I had to load it with about forty bales every time I loaded it to go over and feed the the weaning, which is the babies that or, you know, the calves that you've pulled off the mamas <laughs> right right before we ship, usually about a month ahead of time. And <clears throat> I got real tired of loading that. Dang truck over and over again. I, ben, you load hay. It's a, Oh,
0: bucking bucket hay is the worst damn job on a ranch.
2: And I got I got real real smart because I realized that the way the baler stacks them, they're like 15 or 20 bales high. I can't give you an exact number, but it's up there. It's tall enough that it's pretty dang high. And I, I had to go up and get a new row started, and I kind of lost my balance, and the front row shifted a little bit. And, you know, I fell back, and I was like, oh, hold up. I got me an idea. So then I, I got the truck backed in just right and I climbed back up and I kicked that whole row down. And it's like probably forty bales of hay. And <laughs> and, and that, it
0: and How it, many strings broke?
2: No strings broke, but the back oh, window wow. of the truck exploded <laughs> like a cannon. <laughs> because the down force just must have compressed it or something and it just exploded out everywhere. And it was such a giant I just remember going into the motor pool and they were like, "How the hell did you do that?" And I just told them I like threw one a little too far and it landed in the window. I couldn't bear to tell anybody that I I'd kicked like thirty bales down onto the truck at one time.
0: Trying. I wouldn't to- have said shit. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I was just driving along.
1: Yeah, no, I threw it in. That was it. I guess. I, re- I really feel like I have no idea what you're talking about, but this is cowboy talk. I mean, you guys are cowboys. <laughs> Sorry. You both clearly know what you're talking about. I'm like. What the fuck? I don't even. I, I got the hay part in the truck, and then all of a sudden those explosions. Right. And I don't know what. You the have hell to happened. throw
2: hay out of the
1: giant stack so the,
2: down.
0: And these bales of hay probably—these bales of hay probably weigh seventy pounds apiece. Are
2: you growing the hay? That's a different time of the year. Yeah, but yeah. That,
0: that isn't really part of the story. So he's got okay. all these bales <laughs> of hay stacked up, and they're probably three and a half foot long. By about 24 inches wide and 16 inches tall. They weigh about 70 pounds. They're tied together with two pieces of of twine. Right. Uh, uh, these are, like these are actually wire.
2: The, yeah, these are actually wire. Oh, back in the good old days. <laughs> yeah, 1998 through 2003. All right, so yeah. we in the wire days. And uh, we had a ball of wire out front that was like, it was at least as big around as that Planet Hollywood thing is. It was huge.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> after it's baled and they gather it up out of the field or, you know, they have a baler or a hay squeeze or something, it gets stacked up for storage. Right. And so he was up, I don't know, what were you, probably 12 foot off the ground if, that, oh, if it was that higher tall? Than,
2: higher than that, probably 15 or 20. They're, weighed, they're real real, real tall.
0: So he kicked off 40 <laughs> bales of hay that weighed 70 pounds apiece a into a bed of a truck and it blew out a window.
2: That's... Yep, I think I think Jeff, you're right. You just got maybe you had to be there. I don't know. That's or you got to
0: know what know what's going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I the hay the hay thing just seems like it's all. I, here's a question for you. A little not when you said wire, it really it. I wanted to know. Okay, do you call it barbed wire, barbed wire,
0: or bob wire?
1: It's barbed wire because it's a
2: there's right, a yeah. barb
0: on it. An it's, and it it's spelled barbed. But everybody okay. just calls it barbed wire. Okay, all
1: right. I because I have, for some reason I heard somebody refer to it as bob wire. I was like bob. That must be something different. Yeah. So, you guys are bailing hay. You 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 are are you raising the hay? No, no. I there's a there's a big mechanical there's a big mechanical lift
2: on a trailer that goes by and what you, it picks up the bale that gets shot out from the back of the baler. And then it stacks them. And when they get so high, there's, like, this hydraulic arm that, like, lifts up the bed of the trailer. And it pushes it up, you know, perpendicular to where it was a second ago and makes it into a stack. So then that gets taken to the hay tr- to the big hay bar and it's slid off. So one of these giant stacks could be 100 feet long, 25 feet high, and maybe 20 feet wide. So then you back up to it and you kick off individual bales enough to fill a truck. Well, I didn't want to fill up individually, so I was... Um, I was trying to use the whole thing, but he was trying to work
0: smarter, not harder. There was a lot of
2: those moments. It's that's part of cowboying is how to work smarter, not harder. Um, well that was what A lot
1: Uncle of it Rick ends trying. in
0: disaster.
1: Yeah, mm, yeah. Uncle Rick. I mean I was I about to say, I mean, just... Uncle Rick was shooting into I mean he was Uncle Rick was looking for smarter, not faster. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he took it took it to him.
3: Yeah.
0: But hell, yeah. I I happen to be looking on Instagram today and there's you know, a guy had a video there's some helicopter cowboys, and I mean, they were getting after it. Hell, I can. Well,
2: just they ride those things like they're <laughs> like like they're not flying in the air. Like, I,
0: don't, <laughs> I don't
1: know. I couldn't
2: do. I'm gonna it.
0: send it to you right now, Jeff, so you can see it. That's it. These
1: the, I, the ranching thing is fascinating to me because I think that people have this opinion of what being a cowboy is, but I mean, I don't think that they realize the, mund- the how mundane you know and the drudgery of. The hay thing seems like it's such a production. If you're growing hay, you have to have a certain amount of hay, because our friend Rick Barter hays, and that's a, he always talks about haying season. And I like just, to
0: pay guys like Rick Barter to just bring it over here to me. Yeah. So
1: you don't do any hay. You don't do any hay
2: agriculture. No
0: i man.
1: wasn't a part of that crew jeff this is a big
2: ranch so the cowboying side there. there's an actual farm crew that that farmed hay all year and then they put up the hay etc my job at that year was i was the, the piss boy and when you wean the calves you feed them probably 40 bales a day for almost a month before you do your weigh and ship and um believe it or not they're not you know, they're not even picked up and taken to a, an auction. They're all sold via a camera that goes into the thing, and they're satellite done. Like, they're all—it's it's crazy. How but much
1: hay are these cows eating?
2: They eat 40 bales a day when you got around probably, what, 300 calves? About 40 bales a day if, they're, if it's solid alfalfa,
0: I would say. See, and I, I don't feed alfalfa to cows a whole lot. I feed cane hay and then protein. Alfalfa just seems a little rich.
2: Yeah, this was right. Winter, it, it. This, this 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 was the finisher. It was right there before we shipped. And but I agree, we had some we had a lot of problem with bloat. Yeah, what's bloat? If you Jeff, you so, want a crazy story, man? I'm ready for a
1: crazy story. My, the whole thing's crazy. My hey, first talk.
2: year, I didn't understand bloat. And my first year, I was uh, feeding hay. And my boss, um, who later on became one of my mentors there, he came waddling out through all the calves kind of parting them like they're water and he came up on this one and he got his pocket knife out and he set it on its back with it like open and i was like what the hell is he doing and then he took his other hand and he went pop and it and it wait what did he he, he wait, all right wait, wait. so we'll yeah. go back
0: to what bloat is <laughs> what all the right.
1: fuck is going on <laughs> So is he popping? Is he popping the so, cow? So yeah. a cow's
0: a cow's belly. When it digests, you have to. You can't feed like individual little leaves of alfalfa that are on there. Or if you're in a feedlot, you can't feed you know kind of just all corn or something like that. You've got to have some longer, stemmy pieces of hay in there that go around and tickle tickle the cow's belly and stimulate the digestion process. And you know. And if you don't have those stimmy pieces, then all that shit in their belly just starts to ferment and turn into gas. And then they blow up. And hell, they kind of, they'll kind of, you got to go around and you got to pop them every so often. <laughs> wait a second. Wait it's, a
1: second. This is not a lie. I know, this, a I know this sounds like bullshit, but it's a not... second.
3: <laughs> no, Listen uh, to me. Wait,
1: I have to wait a second. So you're telling me that these animals. If they don't eat a certain type of thing that stimulates their digestion, they will.
3: Well, no, it's just it's just permit. grass. Yeah, it's, it's just like certain, if you, it's certain
2: if, ones. They get you get sensitive calves, and you get one. Yeah. Like some of them could eat a dump truck and not care, and they don't burn. You know,
0: There's no. Yeah, burp whenever I worked, cow. whenever I worked at the vet, uh, we pulled out a set of like size fifty Oshkosh overalls out of a cow one time. <laughs> where was the, he, where was the guy I mean, that was like, inside of him? <laughs> I don't. He'll I hell he the cow showed up and he was like i don't know what the fuck's wrong with it (laughs) and held the vent i can't remember what how it came about but he cut into the side of it and there was a pair of oshkosh overalls that were just big as a damn circus tent and they didn't have a hole in them
1: wow (laughs) (laughs) so you so wait a second so you can just kind of pop these cows and then what stitch them back up i would imagine so
0: there's a certain tool called a trocar now you can do it with a pocket knife and it's not ideal i worked for a vet so <laughs> it i learned sound ideal <laughs> and hell i've done i've done it that way too that's all i learned to do it first but there's a certain tool and it's called a trocar and it's basically like an ice pick with a sleeve around it and so whenever you stab it in with that ice pick that sleeve stays in there and once it's drained, it so it's not a very big hole but once all the gas is out you pull that sleeve out and He'll it's heal, just, just kind of heal up,
1: popping cows every popping day cows. <laughs> on this podcast. I'm gonna pop some cows.
3: Wait I got a $20. That <laughs> so, so 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 sorry.
1: <laughs> is it really? Is it? It just seems. It seems totally deranged to me that you would. What would you just kind of slap its stomach and say, "All right, this one needs a popping." No, no, no they, it's they, it's a,
0: it's a it, visible. Yeah, yeah they. Thing. You can see it. They're Are they in discomfort?
1: Up. Oh yeah. And yeah. then, what's the sound that it makes when they you pop them? Ben made it a like minute a, ago, like
0: a tire going flat.
1: Yeah, are you kidding me?
0: No, yeah, kind of, kind of like a cushion? Well, it's kind of a yes, it is. It's like a tire going flat with a with a fart mixed in every so often. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, if you use this, if you use this uh, cow poking relieving uh, device, uh-huh. does it hurt them? Or are it they're not I'm sure it doesn't feel good, but they, it's better than dying. At least yeah. to them. And then there's no, like, stitches or antibiotics, and there's no leaking? Uh, no, that's where that blue coat that I painted all those chipmunks with comes into handy.
0: Yeah, know. pretty often we <laughs> give them, like, a dose of penicillin. Yeah, uh,
2: usually just a simple...
0: And then there's, you know, penicillin. if you got cows that are particularly susceptible to bloat, then you can give them medication for that. Or, hell, you, you, see- can, you can put dish soap in the water.
3: But you see
1: this is great. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So you can, <laughs> can you see bloat coming on? I mean, does it take a few days or do you just like, we better
2: no, it'll, change it'll their happen, diet? Or it'll, gonna be por- it'll
0: happen overnight.
2: Yeah. It looks like they have a basketball stuck in their back. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a weird
0: hump and it'll be on so both get,
1: sides usually, but yeah. So you know where to stab. It's not just like a, it's like,
0: yeah, you stab on top. You don't want all the food to leak out.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's paid for, man. <laughs> That's paid that for. Is, I've never in my life heard of anything like this. But it, what is amazing to me, and, and, and Ben and I were talking uh, yesterday, the fact the fact that you have to be so self reliant, and well, we were talking about coronavirus, and he and I were talking about like being careful and you know stuff like that, and I, I made the point that it seems to me that cowboys generally are very, um, they're not risk adverse in terms of health. Like they get very uh, conscious of like, you know, this pandemic's happening. You got to be real careful because you don't want to be you know, out of work for a couple of days. But I feel like
3: able- that's kind of wrong, honestly. Why? Uh,
0: well, it goes under the heading of if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Like, you know, you get hurt. You try not to go to the doctor. If you get sick, you try not to go to the doctor. Uh, a lot of people you know shit it 's Friday night we 're going to the bar it's just i i don't think we 're as conservative in that way as you you might think
1: I would just think i would think that I think that you're a little bit more i would be more risk adverse I would think you'd be more risk adverse in regards to your health because i mean if you 're if you're out what do, the cows still have to be fed and popped I mean, you (laughs) you still got to pop them cows, you know. That somebody's got to do it, right? That has been my argument
2: for the COVID side of things this entire time, and it's been that I first of all, taking care of others should not be an issue, but if it is, okay. Um, Second of all, if you are, and a lot of folks that are representing this this side are, if you are a contractor or self employed or and you get sick, I mean, Hillary was out for two weeks. Yeah. If I don't work for two weeks, that means I don't get paid for right. two weeks. There's no like, oh, let me call and tell them I got to use some of my sick days. You right. know, like, I'm real glad that you have sick days, but if I get sick, my family doesn't make any money for two weeks, and that's a big deal for me. Plus, if I had to go to the hospital, think about your, your maximum family out of pocket. The, the cost of being sick is, is one of the biggest reasons that I'm careful. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Well, 100 right for me. It's just I'm out here all the time. You know, life. I I think I've talked to both y'all about this. Life really for me has not changed just a whole lot. I don't go to town all that often, and whenever I say town, I mean Clarendon. We go to Amarillo once a week to go pick up groceries, which we order online.
3: Yeah, and we've been
0: doing that beforehand. I mean, it's just. I hadn't been to a restaurant. I hadn't sat down since this whole – since I think I was in Florida. And that's pretty much the only change that there's really been in my daily life.
2: Same here. I don't go to restaurants, and then i rearranged my horseshoeing schedule so that I'm not at the farms whenever they have a lot of lessons or private rides scheduled. So that part has been juggly because I'll have to go – I basically make more trips to the same places, which is the only concession. And then the shop closing, but I'm really grateful for that. We were going to push towards buying a place and building a place anyway, and now I know that's the right direction. So it Hard. is
1: what, you know? What I was, what I, was, I guess what I was trying to get at was the idea of, you know, similar to the, you know, in regards to, there has to be a degree of self-reliance because, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you see the bloat, you're not going to, you know, these you're looking at these cows and you're, you're seeing the problems and you're having to, besides like, pulling calves out of their mom's vaginas. I don't think that's it's, no, that you what you, you call it. No, that Dude, is what you call It is what's,
0: still a vagina in a cow.
1: It is a vagina. I never... You have to do this shit yourself. You're not calling the vet. When I was cowboying, Jeff, I
2: was, I was 18 to 23 when I was doing it every single day. And I had the absolute invincibility factor in that time, too. So... Oh, yeah. There was nothing I couldn't handle for myself. And, and so... I I understand what you're saying, but it was like, that was just something that you had to do no different than if you had one get tangled up in a wire and that, that might much rather deal with a bloat than something in a wire, you know, it's just like, there's just life is not easy. That's why I was trying to say, I think that this episode, that part of this got, got deleted. But when I said earlier that it's a lifestyle, it's not a a fashion, you know, and that's really what it is. And and Ben will tell you how many, how often are you sitting down, Ben, and then you got to go do something. You know, it's. Well,
0: I, don't, I don't take my boots off at night until I'm ready for bed. Because, yeah, you never
2: because know. Because I'm
0: ready to go up, go out, and do something at all times. And I, just like he said, I don't know how many times it'll be 10 o'clock and something will happen. And I've got to go up and, and take care of it right then. How do you know when something's wrong?
2: Well, sometimes it's a naked stranger in your barn and it's very uh, clear. Somet-
0: sometimes it is a naked Mexican.
1: Uh,. <laughs> Are you telling me that you've had naked people just show up on your ranch?
0: I have had one. Not, not people. Not
1: people. But I, person. I, I've, I've had one,
0: one naked interloper.
1: Let's hear about this naked interloper.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, this has been a while back, and it was kind of around this time of year. I want to say it was the very end of October. And I get a call on a Sunday night from the sheriff and he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know that there was a car wreck that somebody rolled a car down at the end of the road where it turns to dirt out on the highway. And, uh, we can't find the guy. We kind of think he's on your place. And I'm like, well, you know, and this is like five o'clock in the evening. Like, well, do you know where? And he said, well, no, I'm out of town and this happened Friday night. So I'm like, well, shit, so I've had a person wandering around for two nights out here? (laughs) So I hop in my ranger, and I I wheel on down there, and I look around. I don't know where to even begin looking, so I, needless to say, I don't find shit. I go up to the shop. I lock all the doors. Uh, You know, I'm like, well, hell, I guess he's not here, but better safe than sorry. So the next morning, I kind of make my rounds. I get up to the shop. And the first thing I notice is one of the tractors has been moved. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) So I get out, I'm looking around this tractor, and it's parked on the apron of the barn. And the apron, an apron is the concrete area that you can, like, pull onto that's just outside of the barn. But it's parked right in front of the door, so I, I, I put my pistol on my belt... I get out, I'm kind of looking around, I double check that the door is locked, and I call the sheriff. And so I'm telling him, you know, hey, something is damn sure going on here because this tractor has been moved. And he's like, all right, well, I'll come out and take a look. And as soon like I'm getting off the phone with him, and out comes this big naked motherfucker out of the barn <laughs> with that the door I just double checked was locked. <laughs> And so he was just I go from hey, did I go you from, knock?
2: <laughs> excuse me did you knock
0: <laughs> I go from thirty miles an hour to a thousand miles an hour in my voice while the sheriff is still on the phone I jerk my pistol out I get out on the ground you motherfucker fucking stop right there <laughs> fucking just screaming as everything I can I very very sincerely do not ever want to shoot anybody but that was the closest I have and he had about one more step. Before I was going to, and it was, and there's the the fact that he's not wearing any clothes. I couldn't, I couldn't fully see that he wasn't wearing any clothes at that point because he (laughs) did. In fact, it was that time of year where, you know, you put on a shirt, like a, like a long handle shirt in the morning and by the afternoon, you don't need it. So I had taken off this long handle shirt, put my buttoned down shirt back on shirt, like a pair of long johns, like a long underwear shirt oh, okay. hmm. So I had left that in the barn so out he comes he's not fully naked he looks like fucking Winnie the Pooh with my <laughs> my long underwear shirt not even covering all of his damn belly <laughs>
1: Uh, and you get a, penis, a little penis hanging out? Yeah. Pissed. Oh, he's yeah. Gone. I mean, it's... He doesn't need the penis, Jeff. It's he's Winnie,
0: this, the this, he's this, the this, Winnie the Pooh. He's the same Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so, out, out walks Winnie the Pooh, just scares the fuck out of me. And so, I, I did have... I get my pistol out. I didn't... You know, and I carry guns. I practice with them. I know how to use them. I don't want to shoot anybody, but I had never pulled a gun in that situation before right and i was pretty damn impressed with myself with how fast i got it and i also had the forethought to put my phone on speaker and put it in my shirt pocket so the sheriff can hear everything that's going on and
1: what did you Uh, say oh after that did you say
0: just scream motherfucker get no fuck no it's get down on the ground motherfucker I will fucking shoot you. You are a stranger. You have no pants on. You just <laughs> yeah, came out of a I mean, you're, you're behind locked lock gates. You came out of a door that I just double-checked was locked?
2: <laughs> well, he wanted to see what you wanted. He, are, just, yeah, I mean, so
0: so the sheriff hauls that ass out here, and uh, the dude, I mean, he is just high as a fucking kite. I don't know what he's on. It's obviously something that he'd gotten naked at some point. Uh... So they load him up, they haul him to the jail in Clarendon, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go track this motherfucker down. And so I get back in my ranger, and I drive him off, and I found where he came over the fence, started walking. I found where he stayed the night, the first night, fully clothed, and then he backtracked a little bit, got off of a road, walked alongside of the road, shucking his clothing as he went. And then he continued to walk. I found where he stayed the next night, and he tried to dig for water on the top of a hill. Uh, now, one That's of the, the funniest parts That's of this whole story. the spirit so,
2: fox took him, ben. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So one of the funnier parts of this whole story was he, the sheriff's like, you know, getting his story in jail. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck go- they got going on out there, but they got an army of black people. They were like, "What?" He's like, "Everywhere I went, there was an army of black people that kept following me."
2: It's your cows.
0: It was the cows. Oh
2: my oh
1: goodness, Jesus Christ. This dude was on like PCP or
2: something <laughs> he crazy. Was, he was
0: yeah.
1: So wow. he was just he was just walking around the the property eating drugs and taking his clothes off and just yeah. having a probably a terrible experience. I,
0: he had a really bad time. And you know, the next night it got down Oh, it got down to like 23 the next night. So if he did not, I'd not found him that day. He wouldn't have been around. That's what I first thought when you
2: started talking about him flinging his clothes at night. I was thinking it would be, he had hypothermia, you know, because that's like you do crazy stuff right when you get to the really cold phase. And
0: yeah, no. But you no, the, but he, you would
2: come back from it. You wouldn't still be hallucinating when the man with the gun found you. That's for well, sure. why did yeah. he move the
1: tractor?
0: Well, so he gotten in the tractor. One, so there's there was two tractors sitting there. There was two tractors and a skid steer. He got in the smallest tractor, and first he tried to drive it through the gate, but he right. didn't try very hard. He just fucked it up, which I still hadn't fixed. I just get mad every time I look at <laughs> the gate. The
1: gate. He tr- he tried driving to the gate.
0: Yeah, and had he gotten in the bigger tractor, he'd have made it right through it, no sweat. But uh, then apparently he was driving alongside the road. I followed the tractor tracks. And I guess he said he was trying to flash his lights at people, think it, try, thinking that somebody's going to come help him.
2: Save him from the yeah. army of impending doom. Yep. <laughs> yep. He, if he, Save if him from he the would... army
0: of black cows getting ready to pop.
1: If you, <laughs> if you saw him driving in the tractor through a gate naked, I think you'd probably take a shot at him, don't you think? I I don't think
2: you'd I, shoot I somebody over a tractor leaving the property. not, I mean, not, no, not, I, not myself. Anyway. I don't.
0: No, I don't. I don't think I would for that. That's just we're calling the cops.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're gonna. They're, they're, uh, you,
0: you put it in four I You're still only that's doing thirty five. They're yeah. gonna get you at some point. Yeah, he's. What's he gonna be doing? Eight miles an hour max. <laughs> If
2: he knows how to drive it, he'll he'll probably end up yeah. just pushing everything forward, and he'll end up in low one, and then you'll you'll yeah. be walking next to him yelling at
0: it. Yeah, he's <laughs> getting is, nowhere fast in a tractor. That is a crazy story. That was a wild I mean, one.
1: the The only thing I have similar to that is it's I was when I was uh, years ago, but when my daughter was born, I was eBaying everything I had. I was just I wanted to like get rid of stuff, so I was constantly going to the the uh, post office. And I was, you know, comic books and all fishing gear. I was, I was selling whatever I had. I was just, you know, was the money was fine and whatever. And I remember going to the post office one morning and somebody was asleep in my car. I we when we moved to this, you know, into this, we had like a little driveway, and I I guess I didn't lock the car. A guy was sleeping in the in the pass in the front seat, and it freaked me out. And I opened the door, I woke him up, I started screaming and hollering. And this is like seven thirty in the morning on a nice beautiful day. What are you, doing? you know, screaming, get out of the car, get out of the car. And, uh, he was totally drunk. He thought it was his car and he was, he, he was, you know, he was sit up, sit, he sat up nice and then he said, and I said, you're so lucky my wife didn't find you and I should call the police. And, and then he got, he got out and he just looked at me and he says, excuse me, sir. I think I left my, my phone in your car. And I'm like, I didn't leave your my goddamn phone in your in the car, get out of here. And I'm screaming and hollering at him and freaking out. And I'm just like, and then, um. I go into the car and I'm like, "Why does the car smell better than it did before?" The guy was like a human like deodorant. It was like, it like the car smelled great, no, and then man, I went was into that, the house. It was that gas station car noir. He was all yeah, over your seat. it was. Seat. A, it must have. I was just like, "God damn it!" He made my car smell good. Yeah, <laughs> that's. That, that, he, it, I mean, it wasn't good. It just wasn't bad. It wasn't like. <laughs>
0: Barfing, I, barf and throw. Dare you, motherfucker, make my car smell better?
1: <laughs> I can't even I like, be upset right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I'm, I'm so mad. I'm so mad at myself for being not mad at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like it was, you know, it was just like well, the you know, I was waiting for it to smell like you know, urine, and I was like, God, it doesn't smell so bad. And then I come into the house immediately, and I said, Hillary, did you hear that? She goes, oh, I thought you were just talking to the neighbors. I said, you thought I was talking to the neighbors, or like yelling and screaming like, you know, like a oh, crazy my person. God. And, Well, it was that was that's the closest thing I ever had. I didn't hear another
0: deal about this guy. And it's one of the reasons why I really did think I'm going to shoot this motherfucker. Because whenever he came out, I couldn't see his hands. And I had my personal pickup parked in the barn. And I know I had a, a pistol in the console. So whenever he came out, I couldn't see both of his hands. And I know he had access to a pistol. That's the the part that really worried me.
1: That's scary. That's terrifying. And,
0: and sure enough, he rifled through my damn truck and didn't get it. Oh, I also found his wallet. He had 300 bucks. Alex and I went out to dinner on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Jesus Christ. What a story. Well, yeah. I
2: Hillary abandoned you, Jeff. That's what happened. She heard what was happening and then she she, she just she, she abandoned she didn't. you. She left you inside, or she left, she stayed, Emily did this to me once. My buddy Eric and I were pretty wild in our younger days, and we had been up all night, and it was the morning, and we might have had brand new beers, and we might have been indulging in some recreational activities, and the cop showed up, and it was like 7 a.m., and he was like, you guys... What are you doing? And then about that time, the window, which was cracked behind us, we were sitting on the front porch. I mean, it's not like slowly closed. It's like slam, close shut. (laughs) Emily, and by the way, this is Emily's apartment. She, this is Emily and I have been, yeah. Anyway, it was Emily's apartment. And my buddy Eric lived with her and our friend Lauren. And they all went to dance, dance college together in Miami. And anyway, so she slams the window on us. Like, yup, nope. No, no, no. the cop was really cool. He just told us to go inside, so we did. And then, it, but that was a that was an awkward day. I was like, Emily, you um, you you abandoned me. You did. You just slammed the window. It was, you know? Yeah, but you were clothed, so that's. I was perfect. clothed. That is true. Very clothed.
1: Do you have any more of those weird nudist trespassing stories, or? Me? Why do we have to stick with nudist <laughs> no? Thank trespassing God! Story? Thank
3: God! No, I
0: don't. I got other bizarre stories, but. Thankfully, that's the only one like that.
1: Let's hear a bizarre
0: one. Well, I will, I'll tell you the story of the missing piece of pipe. So, one day I was driving around, and as I've, I've explained, so much of my job is just making sure I have water everywhere. So, I noticed one of the dirt tanks is, is low, and so I start driving the the pipeline road, and I see water running out on the ground. So I'm like, well, shit, it's broken. Go get a shovel. I dig it up. I find where the upper half where the water is coming out is at and it's broken and there's not any more pipe in the ground. So I keep digging and I find the other end of the pipe like 10 feet away, but the two brakes don't meet up correctly. It's not like the whole pipe slid in the ground somehow. There's just like 10 footed pipe missing. So I think it's weird. I fix it. I cover it back up. About three months later, the same thing happens. I dig it up. The pipe is missing. How far do you have to dig? Ah, about oh, two and a half foot down about in 10 foot long ditch. But the thing is, the weird deal is the pipe is just gone. I don't know where it is. To this day, I don't know where it is. So I replace it again. Third time. Third time, about four months later passes, the same fucking thing happens.
1: I got a question. When this you time, notice it, will you, yeah. when you notice it, is the dirt missing?
0: No. No, there's just water bubbling up out of the ground. What sort of toxic sludge is down there? Fucked if I know. It just eats But the so this last you? time, this fourth time, I fix it and I don't cover it up. And I go check it like once a week. I go by and just make sure that my piece of pipe is right there. You want there? No,
2: I gotta go look at this pipe. I'll be back.
0: Yeah, and I don't <laughs> like so that's just one of those weird deals that it it hasn't gone missing. I finally covered it up.
2: That's it. You did it.
0: But there's 30 foot of pipe somewhere in the world, in the ground, somewhere. That it's just completely unaccounted for and I don't know if like I started researching some pretty weird shit like if <laughs> bugs can eat PVC uh if there's something that in the ground that can corrode PVC that I only happen to have in this one ten foot stretch I thought well fuck somebody's fucking with me
1: well, was it like the sleeve was to you know, for the end the you know the end to end or it was like just
0: well, so, whenever I patch PVC, usually, like, I'll glue one end with a coupler, and then I have a twist-together twist couplers on the other end, and it just makes it easier to replace. So, after the first time, my twist coupler was there every single time, and then my other coupler was there on the other end that I glued on, but there wasn't pipe stuck to it.
1: So, it wasn't sliding downhill or something like that.
0: No, and I mean this shit's been in the ground for like 30 years. It's yeah,
1: and it's PVC
0: until you so dig it, it up, it's kind of cemented into the ground.
1: There's no way
2: the $6 piece of PVC is is worth enough to dig it up and steal it. So something's...
1: No, like, and replace
2: the dirt and replace the dirt would be replaced. No, and the
0: dirt had never been been disturbed. It is it's one of the more bizarre things I've dealt with in my life. Weird. We
2: had a ghost it's in so my weird. cabin one time at the at, at in my in my line camp. He was real. I believe in ghosts because of him. And and uh, go ahead. Oh, it scared the bejesus out of me. I I was at, I was up early morning. We call it jingling. That's when you uh, you get up first and you go out and ride, and get up all the horses. We only leave up one horse usually, maybe two if they need a buddy. But um, and that way one of the cowboys goes out and, and gets all the horses for the day, so they don't have to stay up at the at the house. And I was my day to go do it, and I went out to go do it, and I heard. Um, The night before, I heard footsteps walking around in the cabin, but I'm the only one that was in this particular cabin where the tack room was. So that didn't make any sense. And then when I got up that morning, I was on the other side of the tack room, and the medicine cabinet was open. And there's no, like, crazy breeze or anything like that. inside of the cabin. And I turned around, and the medicine cabinet slammed shut, like, full tilt. And I was just like, what? (laughs) It <laughs> and and, so- and, and, it was insane, and then I don't know what came over me, but I said, All right, so if we're both here, then I got work to do. If you want to come with me, then saddle up. we got work to do and sure enough, I didn't get messed with by that ghost ever again, and I could tell like that whole ride that he was with me, riding, getting the cows and the horses that morning like it's that's- that's weird it's weird, but it's that's totally true story the the boot steps I thought were just somebody messing with me, but I, every time I checked, there was nobody there, and it's like – Then I, what's crazy is it got confirmed a couple years later. I was talking to Ben, one of my bosses, and he was telling me about when he lived in that camp and he was younger, how this – this, he would always hear boots and spurs up on the roof. <clears throat> and He was like, I would go out and look, and there's never anybody there, and I heard boots and spurs up on the roof all the time. And that's the camp I was in. And it's sure enough, when that thing was walking, you could hear the dunk, you know, like, the, and it's called jingling because you're, you're uh, the first one up in the morning, so it's quiet. So when you walk, your spurs, whenever you walk. So that's where you get that term from. But it's, it, yeah, it was crazy. That was, a, yeah, it was nuts. There's, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. I didn't until the medicine cabinet door slammed shut. <laughs>
0: I
1: don't think I believe in ghosts. I had a a co-worker of mine at a metal shop who told me definitively why he didn't believe in ghosts. And he said, "If, if there were ghosts, you'd hear about, like, dinosaur ghosts. you hear about dinosaurs and, like, gorillas. You don't hear about those. You just hear about some creepy old people. And it Man, made a lot can of sense you imagine? Me. Like, yeah. Can you
0: imagine how big an asshole cat ghosts would be?
1: <laughs> I would, I would, I liked it when he says that. There's no dinosaur. You never hear a dinosaur ghosts. So how, how come there wouldn't be? If there was a dinosaur ghost, then be, everyone would be talking about it. <laughs> made sense <laughs> to me. And I was just like, you know, you're fucking right. You
2: you're know what? I, right. Yeah,
0: I like that. Yeah,
2: I was just thinking about what crazy thing I wanted to see as a ghost. <laughs> I just spaced out completely. Uh... <laughs> I was like, woolly mammoth would be cool, but not if it showed up in your house. That'd be bad. That'd be bad. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, how much damage could a woolly mammoth ghost really do though? That's, does it get to run through the walls? I suppose it does. I mean, I think it would be a struggle for a woolly mammoth to knock a coffee cup off the table.
1: See, I would be more afraid of naked burglars
0: than ghosts. You know, that brings up another point of that whole deal. That completely fucked our sense of security out here. We never locked doors. We didn't, I I leave keys and everything, and I still leave keys and shit for the most part. But now we lock the doors in our house. And, you know, there for, I don't know, maybe three months. Like, I didn't sleep for shit just because every little noise. Oh my God! there's a naked motherfucker outside <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're always gonna be naked in your mind.
0: It is a go
2: on no clothes. It is a crazy different world about security there wasn't even a lock on the bunkhouse door down in base camp, and there wasn't locks on any of our cabins and then when you went to town, the gas station and the is the gro <clears throat> is the grocery store, and then the uh the little you know choke and puke as we call it the little you know little you know hot dog hamburger places there and so when you pull in you leave your keys in your truck because if somebody pulls in behind you with a horse trailer and needs to maneuver you better be they better be able to move your truck it's kind of rude wait you cl- you turn your truck off i mean yeah if i'm going to be there for a while but you leave the keys in it and that way somebody oh. you, but yeah <clears throat> that you know cuz you don't want somebody to get stuck because your truck's parked in the middle you want, and it's who cares if somebody moves it as
1: long as it you now, know is that a, also a cowboy thing? Because I know that's a police thing where you always leave the car on running. Well, my car's always and, running because Millie's usually in it. So
2: In
0: right. the winter, I leave it in the middle of summer, middle of winter. It's always on because I want somewhere cold to go or I want somewhere warm to go.
2: Mm. <clears throat> we never had air conditioning in our ranch trucks. Crank windows and push down locks with the heat. Did you have the
0: windows with the, the the old ball cooler flap up there on the front of the window though?
2: That was on like the old if you got into the eighties style, you got that little V window thing and that thing was awesome.
0: But I um, wish they'd bring that back.
2: Oh, those are those, those that's called the 64 air conditioning. That's where you drive 60 and open all four of those bad boys. And that's, uh-huh. yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> good old, good old. So I need, an, I need some more bizarre cowboy stories because now, now this is, I, we've gone through popping holes in the cows. We've had naked, <laughs> naked trespassers, ghosts, missing, missing PVC pipe, we can't, which is weird. We can't tell
2: cowboy stories if we don't talk about beer. And I think that's, that's fair. It's, Go ahead. I like beer. Ben, ben likes beer. I love beer. I don't drink beer anymore, but I do love beer. And I loved beer when I cowboyed. And one time we were we were working. We ran into some other folks that were working. And what happened is in the summer, the Boy Scouts would be on this ranch and there was a they would carry these burrows with them. And they would use them like overnight to pack their
0: gear. And it was like a, just a learning experience. They wouldn't carry a burrow and a burrow is a donkey, Jeff.
2: Okay. 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 And yeah. They, they wouldn't carry them. They would, they, they would lead these donkeys with them. <laughs> the donkeys would carry their stuff. And they, thank you, Ben. A burrow for me is a small donkey. That's like their back is four feet. As opposed to a donkey. That's like, usually like a mammoth Jack, which would be like, like the big, the big eared floppy eared donkey that you're thinking of like the big ones. Right. So, so like, anyway, these are burrows. They're small. And Since there was was two burros in our corral that night, we, and because these other folks were there, we decided we need to get some beer. We need to celebrate. And getting beer to your house is not an easy task. And, And so, number one, where the truck is parked is 10 or so miles down a dirt road, and then where the truck is parked to where the house is, is another, like, probably three miles maybe. And... There were shortcuts, but you couldn't really carry enough beer straight up and down the shortcuts to make it worth it. It wasn't. It was. It was miserable. You didn't want to drink afterwards. So we got the brilliant idea we were going to borrow these burrows. So we start taking these burrows down, and we have a buddy who stays with them at the turnaround. We go to town. We buy a whole bunch of Keystone Light. We bring it back. We've got ice. We've got Keystone Light. We've got two burrows. a uh, thing called a pannier box, Jeff, that sits on the side of each of the burrow. Um, of their of their. They're gear. They're packs out. Thank you, Ben. They're like, they're just little boxes. All right. Maybe they're 12 by 12 by two feet and maybe two feet deep. Okay. And and they, one on each side. And that's where you put your gear and stuff on a burrow. So we fill them full of ice and beer. And we've, we've told some other folks that we're, we're like, we're going to have a little shindig. And we tarp them up so you can't tell what's going on. And we're, we like, we can't make down, we can't make it up the shortcuts. These things are too wide to to go down those, those scrub oak trails. So like we decide, all right, whatever, we're going to take the main road. Who cares? It's late in the day. We take the main road. We got these two burros We're walking down the road, these two cowboys, and we're like, we're wearing chaps and boots and like, we should not be walking down the road, carrying burros. It's obvious that it's, ob-
0: you got the full regalia. You got your cowboy costume on. It's
2: fully obvious that we rode a horse somewhere, got off and have started walking with these burros, and somebody else has taken our horses. So out of the, it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. We're on this road and here comes, and it's like duskish. And here comes these two headlights on a truck. And I'm like, fuck. The only people who are going to be up here this late in the day are going to be Ben or it's going to be Bob. And I can say their names now because they're all retired. So I couldn't have told these stories before because they would have gotten in trouble probably. But the truck gets closer. and We can't go anywhere. We have two fully loaded burrows. They can't. We're done. And <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just standing there. And it's my buddy Tom. And Tom is like 6'2". And I'm short. So it's it's a pretty good picture, I'm sure. And... It's close enough up, I can see the headache rack on the back, and I can tell it's Ben's truck, which made me happy. Because Bob, the ranch superintendent, that would have been real bad. Because that would have been like, we're not, you're not supposed to have alcohol on the property when you're on, on duty or getting paid. So we would have been in real big trouble. Not that we didn't have alcohol all the time, but we would have been in real big trouble if Bob found us. So we see it's Ben. That makes us way happier. Ben rolls up beside us. He's like, guys, what? What's going on? What are you guys doing with these burrows? And we're like, uh, well, the Boy Scouts were having a hard time with them, and we just told them we'd pack them up and take them <laughs> out just to kind of get them, you know, maybe a little bit better broke to lead. And ben was like, oh, "That was real nice of you. You guys sure sure came way the hell out here." And, and um, I don't I don't remember exactly how the conversation finished, but Ben politely said good evening, and then we had that, you know, that moment where you feel like you got away with something. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Kind of like when old dude saved his uncle's glasses. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) You have that moment where you're like relief, but it's also like empowering. And you're like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe we pulled this shit off. And a little arrogant, And a little arrogant. And it's sure enough getting ready
0: to sit on your uncle's sunglasses. Oh my God. (laughs) So Ben
2: puts it in drive and he pulls up like two feet and then we're that's, and then it stopped. And I was like, Oh, and it all went away. And he leaned over the window and he goes, hey, Tom, your burrow's leaking. Because <laughs> <laughs> the ice is melting and just falling out. The pannier box like a solid stream of water underneath. So this burrow's just dripping water. And we both knew we were fucked. And he goes, give me a couple, I'll keep my mouth shut. And we gave him a couple of beers and we walked up and we had a hell of a night. But oh, my goodness gracious, your burrow's leaking. You. Your burrow's leaking. That's it.
1: Your burrow's leaking.
2: Yep. He was the king of one-liners. One time he called me back. I was the better part across a 10,000-acre pasture, and I could barely see the man, and he's waving his arms at me. And it took a while to get back to him, and whenever that happens, you don't just walk. You got to pick up a trot, and you got to like have a yeah. good extended trot, and you got to show your respect and get back there. So, I mean – I'm, I'm like, damn, what the hell's going on? So I get all the way back there, and I'm, my horse is tired, I'm tired, I'm like kind of worried. I've been, I don't do well with anxiety anyway, and I'm kind of having a hard time. <laughs> and he looks up at me, says, "Don't fuck up." And then he turned around and walked away. Then I was like, "You
0: motherfucker!" That I like his style, <laughs> oh,
2: dude. He's the best. I love. That's kind of, so that's kind of the
0: thing. I, that's sort of thing I do. To people. That's it.
2: I tell people all the time at the knife clinics, I walk up and just look at them for a while and they'll wait for that little moment of of wisdom. And I'll just be like, just don't fuck up. That's it.
0: Well, that's kind of like whenever I was teaching the hammer class at Doghouse Forge. And I would sit and look and somebody'd ask me a question. And, you know, you just got to follow your heart. (laughs) That's right. just got to follow your
3: heart.
0: (laughs) So, speaking of
1: following your heart, I, I got a few messages. And are there any more Uncle Rick stories? Ben. I need to oh. I need to like I, I've been asked to people wanna know if there are any more Uncle Rick stories.
0: Yeah, I got another pretty good one. So my sister was engaged to this guy and he was a fucking asshole. They're married. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But none of us liked him at all at the time. We have all since reconciled. But at the time, nobody liked him. And so he's the son of a neurosurgeon. He's going to medical school. They're having this ritzy fucking wedding. And they're having the rehearsal dinner. And Rick went to Mexico. And he bought my dad and him (laughs) full get-ups. Snake skin, pointy (laughs) boots. So for my dad, he got red, and for himself, he got white. But I mean, pointy alligator boots, tight red jeans, alligator red belts, red shirts, red wild rags, red hats, and white for himself. And that's what they showed up to the rehearsal dinner, in. it's just kind of of a fuck you.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uncle Rick, Uncle Rick gets crazy clothes as a, as a fuck you. Uh,
0: you know, that's, it was just the whole, uh, okay, you think you're better than all of us because y'all are doctors and, you we're just going to have fun with this and maybe prove you are right.
2: <laughs> I I like that Uncle Rick story because of all the Uncle Rick stories I know of, that one is one that he is actively enjoying himself with the family and i love that that aspect of
0: it that's that's one of the you know rick was a son of a bitch but rick could be a hell of a fun person (laughs) and i know whenever he was younger i've heard of a lot more
1: (laughs) come on another
0: story (laughs) come on (laughs)
1: come on there you go you gotta let it marinate a little bit come on come on come on gotta
2: tingle up this one i'm I'm probably
0: gonna fuck this up but i i guess my dad and rick rick i think is four years younger than my dad they were in high school in douglas which was about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes from the ranch house but they'd been in town, because they spent the weeks in town, and my, you know, that's just what they did, so everybody didn't have to travel back and forth to go to high school, but they were traveling back to the ranch on a Friday night after school, and they got out there in the middle of nowhere, and they see this car pulled over, and uh, one of their friends was in there with a girl, so Rick walks up, he just kind of stares for a little bit, knocks on the window, you gonna save any for us? Oh, Jesus and walk back to the Christ, truck. Uncle Rick. <laughs>
1: Uncle Rick is a savage.
0: Oh hell, he was. Jesus. Uh, I can't. You know, offhand, I can't think of any just real other bangers of Rick stories, but there there are a lot of them. And really, you need to have my dad on here sometime, just because he's got all the best Rick stories.
2: Rick is well, not, an he's, odd a, he's character. a far
0: he's a far better storyteller than I am. Yeah, Rick well, Rick gonna, is not maybe.
2: an odd character on a ranch, Jeff. There's always a Rick. Like, like I
0: no hell that that Hermosillo Valley out there in Arizona where I was at, it was just an entire valley of Ricks. Maybe Ricks in different ways, but they were all fucking weird. Hell, one day I was driving out there and I was going to a ranch across the road. These people named the, their last name is and it just. The best people I've ever met, but I see Rob and Phil driving through a pasture chasing a bull, and they're in a pickup, and Rob, these are fat guys too, Rob is driving, and Phil is in the bed of the truck, and he's swinging a chain around, because this bull got out, and they wanted to get it back, and so he ropes that motherfucker with a chain. With a chain? That's a horrible, And that bull... Yeah, Ooh. well, the bull got the last laugh because he just demolished that truck. Yeah, because he was he was stuck to it with a chain. There Jesus. wasn't a single straight spot left on that pickup.
1: Now here's a question. Wow. Lariats or lassos or I don't know what the hell you call them. A rope. A rope. A rope. All right, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm it's kinda... called a rope, Jeff. <laughs> <I> no, <mean, Well, laughs> a lariat.
0: Now, uh, you can call it uh, lariat and lasso are both correct terms. I think
2: lariat to me symbolized... No, that's a, that's. I was thinking that'd be the rawhide version, but maybe... <laughs> no, no that's, that's a riata. That's a riata, so
0: you're right, you're right. Uh, no, there's no more Gunzel way to say rope than lasso. And I, not you, good. A cowboy lassoed something.
1: You don't say that? No, you say it, you no. roped something. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Maybe that's... All right, if I well, have a lasso, I, it, it all
2: I use it for is when I'm bored on my horse, so I can I can catch his ears. And I'll, I I used to have a little toy rope that I would keep, so when I was running drag on cows, I could just rope my horse's
1: ears over and over again. So, is there like some sort of wire in the rope that makes it not loose? It's kind of the well, plastic, isn't it? Or is it just? Uh,
0: there are well, kind of like you said, there's all kind con- there's ropes. Originally, ropes were made out of grass or rawhide, right? So you had your grass rope, and they were some finicky sons of bitches. You know, like humidity would affect them and make them work, you know, swing weird. You have a Riata, which is a, it's a rawhide rope, and it's a temperamental, not really temperamental, but you got to be careful with it. uh, I've got one, I've roped with it a couple of times. I'm not very good with it. But then most of them... Or like i got cotton ropes, and then you've got nylon ropes. And nylon's what most everybody uses nowadays.
1: Because it just seems as though... Because it's able to hold its shape while you're throwing it in the air.
0: Well, no, to, that's all about how you swim. Yeah, you
2: got you kind of grab it. You open it up, and then you grab it kind of a quarter of the way back on itself. And that way it holds it open. And then when you... When you swing it, it's really it, just letting it go like a baseball and watching where you're throwing it it'll go with every time but it
0: but the way you swing it and also there's there's poly ropes as well uh but the way you swing it and the motion of your hand is what keeps it open yeah, that
2: flick with your finger. like
0: the it's finger not flick. just like you know you keep your thumb up and spin it around it's it's a there there's most definitely a technique to just basic roping and then there's all sorts of weird rope roping that you can do.
2: Yeah, when I was cowboying we team roped and that was what we did at night. We it sounds ridiculous, but we would cowboy all day and then we had uh our roping horses and we would we would head and heel and switch back and forth. We had our awesome little string of of calves, uh not not calves, but of steers to uh to play with and our boss Ben was like a very decorated Rodeo champion. So he had, we had a real good teacher. That was, I have to say, learning how to rope in a competitive level made it real easy to adapt to roping in the field. But I have never successfully roped in the field, if I'm being honest. I don't know, Ben, are you, are you, do you have that on your belt? I don't know.
0: I, I'm a far better pasture roper than I am rodeo Gosh, roper.
2: I just can't seem to. What's the difference?
0: Well, uh, wh- timing. Lack of obstacles, predictability of the animal. Yeah, I
2: mean, with team roping, you got you got your header who's pushing down the the shoulder of the, and then you got the healer who's pushing up the rear. So the animal's kind of boxed, and then you usually have a fence on staying one side, so it's staying in line. So then that means that the header can kind of just throw to the same direction, and then once he turns the cow, it opens the leg up, and the healer can throw more of a scoop loop and really pop him up. But it's see and. I- I, I was it. a steer tripper which
0: is another You didn't get any of that. <laughs> you you of didn't get any of that? I Didn't get any of that. No, no, I any of that. <laughs> Sorry. I was
1: <laughs> popping pop. I'm still back to a few headers and healers and Well, you got Okay, so in, and, t-
0: in team roping, you have your first your guy on your left ropes the head. Okay. Ideally he ropes just the horns and then he takes a dally with his rope which means he takes a couple of wraps. He wraps the rope around the horn of his saddle a couple of times. The
2: horn's that thing that sticks up above the Yeah. There you go.
0: And that keeps it in position to where that rope isn't going anywhere. And then that header makes a left turn. And as he turns left, that steer kind of fishtails out beside him and starts, kind of makes him run sideways. Perfect
3: description. While he's
0: kicking his back legs out. And then that healer... The guy that's riding on the right side comes in and ropes those back legs. And then you
2: you don't uh, string him up like painfully because that you don't. That's not the that's not the goal. But you just as soon as you're both caught and there's any sort of tension, you you know you release so you don't hurt the animal. Yeah. But like it's the idea that in the in the in the in the field you'd catch both and then somebody on the ground can then flip. and Then you can brand cut, which cutting is castrating, and then
0: uh doctor i mean doctor I, and all that yeah time time <laughs> down so you can pull them into a trailer there's all kinds i mean that is a just a functional not all rodeo events are functional things no but like team roping calf roping saddle bronc riding are all just based on useful things on a ranch.
1: what's saddle bronc riding Ugh.
0: It is exactly what it sounds like.
1: Bronk is
2: a bucking horse. And usually, I just want to be clear, Jeff, because you caught, there's no way you'll know this. Rodeo horses are bred to be rodeo horses, just like one of my fancy horses that I work on is bred to be a fancy horse. And they are bloodlined, and they're bred to be mean and nasty
0: and... So when it's a and they're fucking big and they're strong and they're
2: strong and they're huge boned and it's when he says it's a rodeo horse or it's a bucking horse like that's a specific kind of horse and it's meant to be really damn hard to stay on because it's super athletic. So they're they're
1: bred to buck you off.
0: They're bred to buck you off, and if you're like there are people, same with like the the people that, uh, rough stock suppliers that spot fly bucking bulls. You can make if you get that right. Right breeding program going with all those animals. Same, you know, it's like racehorses, but they're just meant to to buck. You can make a lot of damn money just supplying rodeos with buck, rough stock.
1: Yeah, but how do you train a bucking bronco? You just kick him in the nuts it's a couple just, times. You're just breeding no, disposition. No,
0: no, there's nothing. There's not mean shit like kicking. No, I mean, or I'm just, I'm like just wondering. No, like, well, he most, looks
2: like an asshole. He'll be perfect. Most broncs aren't going to be studs. Number one, Num- they're going to be. They're just going to be. Like ill-tempered fuckers that aren't broke. And then what they do is they have what's called like a it's called a cinch strap. So like on the back, they'll pull it up and it just takes like a, a piece of leather or something and it goes underneath their their back legs, like right up underneath their uh their belly. And it doesn't hurt them, but they don't they don't they're not used to anything touching them right there. So as soon as it does that, they explode and they start kicking their legs out trying to get it off. And that's where some horses are athletically gifted and they, they can turn full sideways. They can it's just yeah, the, the craziest thing I ever did, Ben, was I was a proud competitor in the wild horse race each year, and in Whew. and in the wild cow milking. Um, I will admit, I got I got close enough one year to make wild cow milking happen, and I totally chickened out. I'm not even afraid to admit it. Wait, s- slow down. What's the wild horse race? All
0: right, all right. So these are these are ranch rodeo events. These aren't in your PRCA rodeos. I,
2: I have only ranch rodeo, and I'll be very clear when I speak that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Wild horse race is usually unbroke horses. You have a team. You have to catch the horse. Someone has to halter it. Someone has to saddle it. And then you got somebody who rides it. And usually there's like three people...
0: And hopefully you're going the right fucking direction.
2: Yeah, because you you don't, they're not broke, so they're supposed to, your team is supposed to shoo you around. I've never actually seen that happen.
0: No, no, whoever gets on there, you hope that son of a bitch is pointed the right, in the the wild horse race, you gotta, once the guy gets on, they gotta go from one end of the arena to the other. Around
2: a barrel and then back, and it's just, sometimes the the team will be caught up enough to get you around the barrel, but. Most of the time, the team is hurt or laying in the ground trying to move in some way. But I had a buddy, Mason, who was one of my best friends out there. He's a huge guy. I can't explain how big Mason was. And he was our mugger. And a mugger is somebody that'll just walk up, put his arm around the horse, and just headlock him. And not it's not, it's not painful, but the horse just can't move. So then you can saddle it, and it's...
0: The, you got control of their head. You got control of the horse.
2: The mugger yeah. has to be just incredible, though, because, like, they got to hold this thing while these people are doing something behind it. And if he lets go, then, like, everybody's going with it. The, the ship's going down. <laughs> I had a really good mugger, so I, I usually, got to, usually got to get on. And I, I, I never won, but uh, at least we, we always did a good performance, which was always important. It was fun. So so
1: you get the saddle on, and you just hold on, and then the, the horse just goes, you grab the rope, and they let go, and like I said, the point is they're supposed to shoe the
2: horse Yeah, around. Jeff,
0: I mean, you're kind of right, though, because as JP is saying, once the horse is turned loose, they've still, like, your team isn't running right, keeping up beside you, trying to, you know, tell this horse where to go. It's just kind of hanging on and hoping you go in the right direction.
1: And, then the, and how does the how does the, the saddle stay on?
0: You
2: cinch it up whenever you put it on. Yeah. That's the whole point of the mugger to hold it still. While same you... way
0: they stay same way they stay on the rest of the horses.
1: <laughs> I don't know how they stay on. The only thing I think I can think of is it like the sp- it's it's the spine, you, the spine now, holds it holds the saddle from keeling over the side.
0: Like in that instance, you got one strap that goes around their chest, and you tighten that up, and that holds it on. Yeah. Now a normal like ranch saddle, you have two. You got your front cinch and your back cinch.
2: Yeah, this is just one, and it makes it real hard to stay in the saddle because it there's nothing to hold the back of the saddle down, so it really flip-flops yeah. back and forth. But the the wild cow milking, Jeff, is a totally different yes. animal. That is... <laughs> it Sounds like it. That's where they release some cows that have milk, um, and then these are not like milking Bessies. These are like like ranch cows that are not handled ever. And then they give you a beer bottle, and you have to... Your team has to catch a cow... Milk, you got to rope it, rope it, stop it. Milk, you have a mugger, yeah. Go ahead, Jeff, you can finish this one.
0: Or, no, you got a mugger just like he was talking about on the wild horse race, and then you got an anchor that holds her tail. So, once you get it roped, <laughs> you generally have a four man team you got your guy on your horse, you got your mugger, your anchor, your milker. But as soon as you get it roped, your mugger runs up, grabs a hold of its head. Ideally, they grab a hold of their nose, and they kind of got control of it. Your anchor grabs the tail and then basically just sits down. You kind of want yourself a fat man on your team for this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, a mason.
0: And then well, as so the soon fat, as you got the your, go? On the where's tail, the fat he's Fat man's on the anchor.
1: Okay, okay. He's okay. anchored, Jeff.
0: Yeah. Okay, so okay. Then,
1: I'm, I'm following along. I have no well, idea. Well,
0: and so then your guy jumps off his horse. He runs up. You have to take the rope off of the horse he helps the mugger hold the head and then you got your milker and you got to milk get a, you got to milk it enough into that beer bottle to get one drop of milk out of it when you run to the uh, the judge
1: what do you need one drop? You don't have to fill the whole. You don't have to no, fill you the Jeff, jug up. No, one drop is enough.
0: Jeff, Jeff. One, <laughs> one drop is enough. Why, in why, this event. why? Jeff, this Good is enough. not
2: a cow that's ever been touched. There, I'm telling you, I have been at the gate. I have had my hand near the teat, and I could not commit. I could not make it happen. The Wait, f- is they're just struggling and they're
0: kicking. They will Yeah, they want Yeah, they want Away. This is like he said. This is a damn wild cow. Oh
2: goodness, I couldn't. I <laughs> couldn't do
0: it. I couldn't. And you got to get get right in there into their business to get a drop you know you got to have is it on its side no it's huh.
1: standing there trying to
2: kill you with standing its foot. trying to run away
0: oh jesus christ it's only no the- ranch ranch rodeos are the by far the funnest rodeos in my opinion
2: <laughs> oh yeah so the national
0: well i take that back you have the national finals rodeo in vegas and then you have ranch rodeos and ranch rodeos are just fun to watch
2: and it's usually people guess, who know each other, which is even more fun because it's it really is like a Fourth of July feeling, you know, in a small town.
0: Well, and that's where Clarendon we have the Fourth of July Ranch Rodeo. Same
2: with same with Cimarron, Texas. I mean, I mean Cimarron, yep. New Mexico. So it, yep. yeah,
1: it was. So all these ranches have their own rodeos.
0: Well, no, the the ranches will send a team to the rodeo. Yeah,
1: oh, okay. So they have
0: the ranch rodeo team, and by team, it's whoever they you know they're couple of employees and then whoever else they can you know talk into being on the team for beer the team is
2: usually two people that are serious about it and then the two people that they can convince right when they're signing up that don't quite know what's going to happen yet then no because you you, to get a recurring team is a very rare experience because you'd have to meet that would mean all four competitors would have to have made it through the year without hurting themselves well, or, and you know, the, we had the,
0: the ranch rodeo world finals in Amarillo every year, which goodness. just happened a couple of weeks ago, and despite COVID nineteen, apparently it was a roaring su- <laughs> success.
1: Now, uh, what's, if you were to say what the worst, if you were to say what the worst event would be for a cowboy at a rodeo that nobody wants to do, what would it be? Ironically, at where I where I was
2: barrel, barrel racing.
3: racing. That's what I was
0: gonna say. What's, yeah. What's that? Barrel
2: racing.
0: That's, is, that's what the women. That's do.
2: what the women do. I <laughs> feel so it? bad saying that. Please don't hate me, everybody. Uh, no, it's it's
0: just that's <laughs> one. That's that's the event they put it in there so you can go pee right before they have the bull ride. <laughs> let
2: let oh, me geez. let me be honest though. Whenever I was out in the in the field and I had hay, the thing I would totally do the most is set up a barrel pattern and run it on my horse. I, what? Do you...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? well no. what, But what do you? But what happened? So, what Let's... Barrel racing you have three barrels in the arena. They run and these are some fucking high powered, generally somewhat ill broke horses. They're
2: they're usually as as wound up green as they can get. And green means yeah. like you can barely sit on them without them exploding into a death. There's just something happening bad. Like ugh. Yeah,
0: and I mean they they've gotta run a pattern around these barrels and then out of the arena as fast as they can.
2: You're talking about a good distance in like eighteen to fourteen seconds, I would say, somewhere in there. And And these are
1: not horses that you've ridden before. This isn't. No,
0: no, these are these are their trained horses. They are trained to barrel race, but they are basically just trained. To run this one pattern, <laughs> that's it. And then there's no other training that <laughs> that's goes that's on.
2: That's it. Most of them are like hell. I don't do any barrel racing. Um, and I mean, they
0: are high dollar. Yeah, I don't shoe any of them. High stroke. Those
2: folks are a little intense for me, so I don't.
1: I don't shoe very many. I
0: actually don't. So now, that's
1: worse than the, the uh, milking of the wild cows.
0: Now, see, that's a that's a that PRCA event versus a ranch rodeo event. I want
1: the ranch down the dirty. You know, like the. You know, like the I, I,
0: There's I, no, oh, you know what? I guess team pinning in a ranch rodeo is kind of boring. We didn't have team and pinning in
2: ours. We had, we had like, all of ours were great. We had calf roping. Those guys were always way cooler than I could ever dream of being. The guys with they would ride out on these beautiful horses. They'd catch their calf, they'd hop off. Their horses would just slack up and know exactly what to do. And then they would, it just was such an, a beautiful thing to watch when those guys would, would just solo a now, calf. I loved that.
0: My, my event that I did is kind of of a frowned upon event and it's called steer tripping. What's okay. Go ahead. So steer tripping, just like we talked about earlier with the, uh, the team roping, you start out on the right, you rope the horns, but then after you hadn't got anybody else helping you, it's kind of like calf roping on steroids. So you rope it, you flick your rope over onto the right side of the steer, and then you take off at that angle, and it spins the cap the steer around in a pretty dramatic way and flops it onto its side ideally, and then you gotta jump off and tie it down. Mm. And it's it's one like the PRCA doesn't do it in their big rodeos because animal activists
1: Oh, it seems like it's very, it seems very It's, it's, per, it's pretty Honestly, violent. Jeff, hmm. the older I've gotten,
2: I don't have any problem with wild cow milking because there will never be enough of, uh, satisfaction for the things that wild cows have made me do. So I won't. <laughs> <play, what? laughs> they can be tortured the rest of their days. Um, but I would say that a lot of the ranch events that I used to be in, I probably wouldn't do anymore just because they're, they're a little more rough than I would like to do on be a, be with animals these days but
0: but it, things like steer tripping have got its place on a ranch. That's, I mean that's why I life. liked
2: working stuff versus the the show stuff which was because it was usually modeled after actual things you would be doing, you know.
0: Hmm. So so say I'm uh, so the steer trip and say I'm by my it's based on if I'm by myself and I've got a a cow, steer, calf, whatever that's got to be doctored You know, it's got something wrong with it. It's got an abscess, got pink eye, needs to be popped, whatever. (laughs) You know, I got to go out and try to figure out the best way to get this animal caught and tied down by myself. And that's where steer tripping comes in, is it's the method they use for it.
2: I'm just, I I, I never had to be by myself on one of those instances because I was never experienced enough. So I always had to have my bosses come and help, which as soon as there's two people, it's a very different ballgame. But it's.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Cows can count. Oh,
3: now, yeah. <laughs> <if> you Absolutely. <laughs> I like would imagine. Count. At least if, two, if, if you. Yeah. If you really
1: wanted to get the animal activists upset, you put cow popping onto the rodeo. No, cow <laughs> I mean, you really, you might start a real just, fucking uproar. competitive oh, like cow, cow I'm just I'm trying to imagine
0: if it looks more like.
1: <laughs> does it look more like whack a mole, or is it more like just well,
2: people I mean, running around with pocket <laughs> knives, like just angrily? Clear, I mean,
0: I, mean I feel like it's guys kind of easing around, like kind of trying to be sneaky <laughs> through these cows, and then occasionally, like, doing the ninja stab. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I think that you're missing out on. I mean, we're making light of this, but I think you're missing out on the most important part, would be the noise. So I think oh, that you, I think you're, that the are, noise. Are you judged on the noise? I think so that you're judging it's the noise. Part, so you have to you have,
0: you have to have a microphone on your knife,
1: or you or you play it like a bagpipe, and you like there's a pinching involved. And I think
3: there are ways. I think that there are, I
1: think this has to be addressed in a manner of like real I mean you know you well, stabbing a horse, stabbing a cow is one thing but you make them sm- sound like the beautiful music of a song or something coming from the gasses of the
2: you know, stomach mean, now you got
0: something going on Jeff here. what's It's hard to, it's hard to make a fart sound beautiful <laughs> No but Jeff well, I mean, you've made
2: it where this sport can evolve because now you can team up and you're going to have multiple symphonies of, of, of noises. Right. And then you, then it becomes the skill of which cow to pop when <sighs> to, to make the orchestral thing happen. You know,
1: See, the, it's all, it's all such, it's all based on cruelty. I mean, you got to feed these things. Well, but that's what, things that's what I was going to say the, yeah, is
0: yeah. you're, you're having to feed them improperly to get yeah. them to bloat. To no, even that's this is, this I, event. And I, so I it's, take it back. It's, it's doomed from the beginning, but I'm going to hold is, this thought in my head.
1: Cow popping is not, should, should not be a sport.
2: no, Plus, it would be real hard to predict. You'd be a very bo- ranch yeah, rodeos would. are pretty boring anyway, unless it's like that that moment of excitement. There's a lot of waiting on things to be set up because it's a once a year rodeo, so it's not like it goes super smooth. <laughs> but but oh you, man,
0: our our rodeos go quick.
2: Ours are good, but there's always like the little kid events and stuff that happen, and it takes hours for the kids to catch balloons and ride sheep and do everything else. So it's
0: oh hell, oh we got is mutton busting. Oh no,
2: we have a way. They had way more kid events at this one. Mutton
0: busting. Is that yeah, they, what is that? They, they put a kid on a sheep bare back and see who can hang on the longest. Oh my god. <laughs> they're
1: like two year old kids too.
2: Do they have
1: put the kids in like football helmets and stuff? Mm, kinda. I
0: guess if the parents
1: provide the them the answer is no is the answer. So they're taking two year old kids.
0: Uh, and just like, put them on you a know, sheet. some of some of them are pretty little and they cater, you know, the people putting it on cater to the kid. They're putting a two-year-old kid on there. They're going to put him on a pretty small, gentle goat or sheep. But you, <laughs> you get a something. you get a seven-year-old.
2: It's kind of like pee-wee football because what they want is these bull riders. They got to start somewhere, so they they start in the in the t ball league, and they they ride sheep. And then if, as they grow up, they move up and they move up until they're eventually in the league of riding actual bulls. These poor. But animals. I want to, you know what? My boss has told me one day, and I still, I say Jesus it. Christ. I say it. There is nothing cowboy about riding a bull. That has nothing to do with being a cowboy. That's it. It's crazy. Well, that's the same
0: with but bulldogging, too. Yeah.
2: There's nothing cowboy about a lot of that stuff, which is fine. It's, a, it can be exciting, but that's not a part of your job
1: ever. That's, that's just a thing. No. Well, what do cowboys think about like the bull, the bull
0: fighters? Oh.
1: <sighs> Like Mexico bullfighters? Well, the ones where they kill the bull at the end. Yeah,
0: lo- I've never seen it. I'd love to go see I've one. I've never though. seen it. Once.
1: But the running with the bulls
2: sounds like a terrible, horrible thing to do. man I've, I've been close to getting beat up before, and I would never
0: put myself oh, in shit. that
2: position. Hell no. Those people are crazy. Now, have
0: you ever seen that deal, JP? And I don't know. It may be somewhere down in South America. And they have this festival once a year, and they've got this rank fucking bull just tied up with a rope. And they let it go in the city streets. And basically, people just get run over left and right. And then the guys on the other end of the rope, like, pull it, ring him in a little bit to where he doesn't kill anybody. But then they, you know, give him his head again. And just he goes back to mowing people down. It makes me
2: think of like a mace, like a, like a knight's mace. just going uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know where it is. I see videos of it ever so often. It's the weirdest damn deal. And I mean, people are just getting... I, I don't know. They're getting fucked the, up.
1: It's so grotesque. The
2: bullfighting has always been like, I've I think I have, I've purpose, purposely never never explored it because I think I'll be very upset. Because um, as a, as yeah. a cowboy man, I I was rough and back back then with horses compared to now, I learned how to like jerk and spur my way around a horse and I could get my work done and I had really nice horses. But I did, nowadays I know how to train a horse. I know I don't even get a buck when I train them. It's like. It's a very different world, but back then it was way tougher. So it, but you never really hurt things and you were always taking care of stuff. So a lot of the stuff that sounds like, man, that's really hard on the animal. Well, it was really hard on the animal, but the mastitis made it where it couldn't move. So, and it can't, and it can't, and it can't feed its kid. That's now starving. So it's way more critical that we get this thing down so we can treat the mastitis than it is that it gets maybe a little bit of rope burn around its horns when it's a cow and it's going to get used for leather later anyway. You know, it's, so it's, now it's uh, tough, man.
0: JP, have you ever watched any of those, uh, Charo videos? I haven't. What's so that? So the Charos, they're Mexican bullfighters, but they're not standing on the ground. And I don't even know if they really truly ever kill the bull, but they're kind of the, the highest end of Mexican horsemen. Okay. And so they're. They have just some incredible hell they got horses that can run sideways as fast as they can run forward wow are
2: they like are That's... like are they like paso style horses or are they uh,
0: i guess a paso, shit, a, for I don't know.
2: everybody a, a paso horse is if you you're gonna have to google it I can't explain that shit um <laughs> their their feet Gee, thanks. their feet move <laughs> thanks. their feet move eight hundred miles an hour, but they don't go anywhere and but but it...
0: no these these are going somewhere, and so it's it's kind of like you know how you have your your uh oh hell what are they, Your Matador out there with his his cape. Okay. And he's swinging it around, but instead of having the cape, the horse is the cape. Wow. And so the horse is doing all the dodging that the cape would do, huh. but he's got a man riding it, and it's just really magnificent horsemanship.
2: Huh. I bet it is beautiful to watch them be fluid uh, together.
0: You watch one. There's there's a horse called Merlin who is maybe the most famous one, and if you look up. Merlin the horse, or something like that. The videos are just incredible.
1: Right, wow. So at that level of very quick action, is the, the horse knows to get out of the way? He, it's no, the, the, the rider isn't
2: really the horse.
0: Kind of... The rider's basically just hanging on.
2: I would say at that point, the horse is very trained to know that it's like.
0: It's it's like these high end cutting horses that I'm sure JP has dealt with. Yeah,
2: I don't you know I, you get... I rode Rainers for several years and that's where I learned how to start babies after I learned how to start babies on the ranch, but like I said, I was a jerk and spur guy. And then I learned how to ride Rainers and I learned how to start horse right. horses like quiet and confident and actually train a horse to, to, to know what I'm doing and
0: Work work with them and celebrate oh, them. Absolutely.
2: And I and I, I don't regret the jerk and spur days, but God I wish I had the skill set I have now back then because, man, I would have just done such a better tri- tribute yeah. to my ranch horses that put up with so much of my crap. But uh, hmm. it's – I forget what I was – oh, when, in so, that in that time frame, those horses, yes, they are – I forget what I was saying. Sorry.
0: Well, like, okay, we were, we were talking about cutting horses. What's so, a cutting horse? A cutting horse is – say you – It's it's a competitive event and it's a high-money deal – they have oh, my microphone started to fall. Uh, they have these horses, and so they'll go. In, you know, all they go into arena. They have a all the calves in the arena are on one end, and they have a number on them. So we'll say you've got to get out calf number two out of thirty calves. Okay. So you go out and you pull out calf number two, and as soon as you have that one calf out away from the herd. All that calf wants to do is go back right. to the herd because they are herd animals right And so your horse's job with as little influence as possible from the rider is to block them from going back to the herd and I mean they we're talking the, the term that you use is their caddy
2: yeah you're, you're talking front legs are out 45 to 60 degrees in front of them. And their bellies are scraping the ground. That's how low that's oh. how low down they are, like shifting weight. They're using their back end and like I'm, a pivot. It's insane. And
0: they're jumping five, six foot sideways hmm. to do all of this. I mean, it's it's they high powered, high end, highly trained. And so much of that, especially on cutters, is instinctual. Oh, yeah. There that's, are these that's, certain breeding. Blood that's so breedy. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. there's so many of these there are these certain bloodlines that just excel. In we it.
2: we say the bloodlines have a lot of cow in them. So,
0: yeah, it's a cowy, it's a horse. cow-y horse
2: means that like I got horses that I used to ride Jeff that were so, had so much cow. You didn't tell them to do anything. You, you, a lot of times you couldn't ride drag cuz they would just bite the butts of the cows in front of them all day long cuz they just hated them. <laughs> they just hated them. <laughs> and
0: th- those Well, see, that that was my old gray horse and he didn't hate them. He'd bite them if they needed it, but if it was a calf, he'd just n- oh, nudge them man. along with his nose. All right.
1: What is your ideal horse?
0: That gray horse of mine that died.
2: Yeah, I've already had mine. Uh, Je- I've had mine. His, his name's Leatherhead. He was, uh, I guess he's around 14 and a half hands, which is about shoulder height on a five foot six, five foot seven person. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, probably five feet at the back, maybe a little, little taller. He was, he was wider, almost wider than he was tall. He was so strong. Um, I'll find a picture and send it to you. Uh, he, I got one of him. He, and he, even Ben's going to see the muscle on this thing and be like, Jesus. Because he was – he's the one that taught me the most about being a cowboy and about being a horse horseman. And that's the one that, like, I would just look down the side of a mountain and be like, screw these switchbacks. And I'd just hook a left and, bam, off we'd go. You know, and just – he was always game for everything. And he loved his job. I didn't know what the hell I was doing as a horseman yet, and he he tolerated me, and that's – he tolerated me and still did his job damn good. I can't explain to you how much horseman value that is because Hmm. nowadays I can get pretty much anything to do what I wanted to do and not have to be really crazy about it. But the instinctual want to please – of that horse yeah. was so powerful that he one, to put it this way, one night I drank way too much at my buddy's camp, which was about five miles away. And I full on passed out on the back of my horse, riding back to my camp. Jesus, maybe maybe <laughs> 10 minutes after I left my buddies. All right. <laughs> and he and the, and the horse took you home. I woke up to the sun rising over my front gate and Leatherhead's head is down asleep. And I'm drooped over on the damn horse like some some silly cowboy cartoon from the old days. <laughs> and he took me home and stood at the gate all damn night because I'd been there for a long time. Dude, that horse, he knew me. We were buddies, man. Whenever, he was such a pain in the ass, too. Because you can't ride the same horse every day. And I had this other horse named Blooch, and I used to call him my Harley because he was, he was this huge flea bitten gray. He was just like a thousand feet wide. He was so, he's like riding a Harley. And Leatherhead was like riding a sport bike, and Blooch was like riding a Harley. So when I had to ride Blooch, Leatherhead would get mad and he would whinny and get pissed off. But when you'd go in to catch him, he would run around and be like, "You ain't catching me, motherfucker!" Cause he, you know, so like he totally would get jealous, but he also would would play his games. I that horse was great. I don't, I just got a little nostalgic, I guess, but
1: maybe that's good. I don't know. Ben, Ben, what's your Ben? What's your ideal horse? It
0: was that gray horse. I don't really want to talk about him a whole lot. Okay. It's still still kind of of a tender area for me.
2: I bet. They become your partner, Jeff. Like. On a different level, especially when it's all day. You're talking 20 miles a day I used to ride. And you want to hear some craziness? Here's something insane that horse and I did together. We haven't talked about Lonesome Dove, and it can't be a cowboy episode because we haven't mentioned Lonesome Dove. So ah. Lonesome Dove mentioned, here it is. There's a scene in the very end-ish where they decide they are going to go chase the buffalo. And I want to be clear that those buffalo are the buffalo that were on our ranch. And they filmed most of Lonesome Dove on the Philmont Boy Scout Ranch. So, oh, really? yeah. That may, that's where all the Montana shots are. It's actually northeastern New Mexico, which I'm trying to tell you looks like an alpine paradise. It's insane. <laughs> You're like, why is this here? But anyway, they filmed all the buffalo shots there. And my, I was it was my last year there. I was in charge of a lot of people. And one of my best wranglers was with me. She was an, she had so much natural feel I put her in charge of the babies that year and she trained one of them. That was just, I, oof. my sister worked there years later and this horse was a superstar. And it made me so happy that I knew where that horse started. And anyway, she looked at me and she's, she had seen, you know, she, she made this lonesome dove reference. Cause in the movie they look at each other and they're like, you ever chased Buffalo or something like that. And it's like, I haven't or something you want to. All right. And then just off they go. And, we we didn't have the buffalo. We had this huge herd of elk that were out in the field. And we had all the bull elk that were kind of by themselves. And we crept up over a hill. We must have been the right wind or something because they didn't know we were there. And she said, you ever chase an elk? <laughs> and looked at me just the same way as in Lonesome Doe. And the two of us ran down this ridge and got, I'm talking 10 feet. From these four giant bulls, yeah. and we were running right beside him. I had my rope out. I was ready to rope, and at the last, you were going to rope. it oh, out? I was so ready. Well, hell at, yeah, Jeff. That's it's, at my last minute. At the last minute, my sanity clicked in, and I said, "What the fuck am I going to do with this thing after I rope it?" And I dropped myself, we backed away. Oh, you're far smarter than I was. I'd, I'd, I'd,
0: I'd have never thought twice. I'd have tried oh, to hang it on I him. I
2: did, Emily. What would you do if you roped it oh, out? Oh, you would have gotten your ass hurt. That's that, what you'd have gotten. <laughs>
0: You know what? You deal with that shit when you get to it. Hell, I don't know how much shit I've roped or tried to rope. Roped coyote, roped pig, roped alamo. You wait, you you roped a coyote. Yeah, you got to drag him to death, and it, that didn't very oh, fun. Wow. But, oh
3: wow!
0: Well, yeah, that was, things went a little south. But <laughs> <laughs> what else yeah. are you, so you going to do with it?
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> not... Yeah, obviously you're not going to train it to be your best <laughs> no, friend. No, it's not.
0: No, whatever I, you know, at one point in my life, like that was sincerely a desire of mine. I was going to catch me a baby coyote, and I was going to raise it, and it was going to be my pet. And then I kind of got to doing a little bit of research. Coyotes cannot be domesticated. Interesting. Her. Not like in a generation. Even if you get it with your eyes closed, that's a fucking coyote.
2: Interesting. Her.
0: It's it's they don't they won't calm down within a generation or two. Wow. So I I abandoned that.
2: I found a one-eyed chipmunk once. I named him One-Eyed Willie, like the Goonies. Did you
0: die in purple? No,
2: I didn't. It was before then. It was in the early days oh. when I was working trail crew, and I put him in the pocket of my of my Carhartt um, overall fronts. Um, Oh shit! And uh, no, he he
0: was fine. Nothing yeah. happened to him. No, no, I that just reminds me a story. Don't start story. crying
2: over over dead. Animals, I'm not. Ben. I'm not crying. I mean, I get it. I I, I get it. But don't. It's still. And anyway, Willie <laughs> no. Willie didn't live very long because I later learned that the reason Willie was outside of the nest was because he had one eye and something was wrong with Willie, and that's why his family said you guys to kick it. But. I thought for a while I was going to be the guy who had this chipmunk who lived in his pocket, and I was kind of excited about that, but then that didn't happen. But it's okay. that's, yeah.
0: Well, I, at one point, whenever I worked for Uncle Rick, I was feeding up a feed truck, and you know, Jeff probably doesn't know what a, like a full feed truck is. It's got these big augers inside it, and you mix up feed in it. You mix hay and corn and mineral and shit like that in there, and it's got these bi- two big augers in the bar- bottom of it that mix all this up and then spit it out the side so one day i'd been loading the feed truck i ran the feed truck i was filling up the feed bunks and there was this tiny little baby cottontail in the feed bunk that had gone he was covered in feed and he'd made it through the bucket of the front end loader through those big ass augers into the feed bunks. and i was like you are now my friend (laughs) uh i carried him in my pocket for a few days and i fed him with an eyedropper but he didn't make it. I tried real yeah, hard. Mine didn't make Willie. Willie you. didn't
2: make it either. That was sad.
1: It was, God damn, you know, you, these cowboy stories are they're romantic, but they're fucking grim. Too. What do you think cowboy you know what, it is, Jeff? That's exactly the definition. i tell you. I'll Riley, tell you something,
0: there's an underlying theme here though. From everything else we've said, it's caravanals. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still doing it
2: today. I'm doing my job. Look oh, at Ben's car- job.
1: that was like, oh, care of animals. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm no, it's, it's care of va- animals. I'm like, is that some Mexican, some Spanish word? <laughs> animals? No,
0: it's caring of animals. Because yeah, I mean, animals. hell, I still like a stray dog or something. I gets to me. I want to pick up straight cats. It's, it's all caravan.
2: It takes yeah. every bone in me to not slow down for every damn turtle. I pass in Florida and I, I, I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't get anywhere. I would just stop no. for turtles all the time. Wait a second. Speaking of just random shit you pull up next to the people should know that the other day we had touched base about this podcast. And while we're touching base, I pull up and there's a random jalapeno pepper in full un, undamaged, pristine form laying next to the stop sign intersection
0: been I, I, I feel like uncle Kenny must have been. I there. don't know
2: what happened, but that was an omen and I'm glad it happened. That's all I wanted to say.
1: Well guys, cowboy talk was very eye-opening. My only horse <laughs> story was when I was with was I was with JP and he I watched him shoe a horse and the horse got a he was had, got an erection and started beating it against its own chest and or stomach. The fucking thing was huge and JP says he likes you and I was like, "Well, I'm well, you're a slowly, handsome man. I'm going to slowly leave the horse barn because I'm not interested. Whatever, so, whatever sense you give off, he was into.
2: He liked. it. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I'm giving him the. I was giving him the get the fuck away from me you with your big old horse penis. He was
0: scent. picking that up was, what that you were putting down, on,
1: my friend. He was
2: JP. Well. You,
0: JP, you ever have to collect semen from a bull or a horse? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's let's hear about
2: it. I, I have done it once. I had to do it in, in, in college. It was part of my class, and it's not for me. It's not.
0: Uh, I, you know what? You mean it's for somebody. It's for somebody. I did it a fair. I had to do it a fair amount on bulls, Ugh. and you know, it's not really for me. I had to do it on a. I had to do it on a stallion.
2: So, and it was a trained stallion that knew how to use the dummy. So, I really can't complain. Oh, so oh,
0: see, oh yeah, that's way easier yeah. than doing oh, it on yeah. bulls. I,
2: I had it. had it easy. I still didn't like it, but.
0: So Jeff, if you're collecting semen from a bull, okay, you have to shove an electrode. Up to
2: Jesus Christ. You don't do that with horses, just to be clear.
0: And it is maybe the size of a round as a Coke can. Fuck. Maybe like a full
2: foot long. I think cows are pretty used to shit coming in and out of their ass. It, uh, I
1: thought we were talking
0: I about guess the so.
2: care of animals.
1: <laughs> well, just, Five minutes ago, it was the well, care of animals. To, now we're getting, the, we're getting the old electric. Hey, we are
2: caring because instead hey, of the bull mounting the cow and breaking its leg or breaking its hips, you just give it its pipette and all, all is well. No one gets hurt. It is, it is. Well, and it is also, scary, right?
0: also he, he's getting off. Maybe he likes it. We don't know.
2: I mean, I imagine he can't not like it.
0: But nobody so moves, you,
1: nobody get hurt,
2: right? Yeah.
0: You stick this humongous electrode up there, right. and then there's a little knob, and you got to turn the electricity up and down, and up and down, and up and down. Then all of a sudden, you hit this one spot. And then you got to catch. catch
2: it. You got to find out it's between fifty or sixty Wait, hertz. You got to find so, where the motor is running so the, run the so, most so
1: smooth. So the, yeah. so the So the so the bull is not the bull is not like
0: running around. No, no, we got him caught in a squeeze chute. And what are you I just can't think of riding my horse Alongside him and trying to shove yeah, no, I mean, you were... And then trying to run The <laughs> electrode with like a battery Pack on my back <laughs> whose, job, whose job is it I like, look, How the fuck am I supposed
1: to know about I this shit like I look like one of the Ghostbusters I, I can barely understand what any of you guys are talking about I'm trying to figure th- I'm trying to, In my uh, mind I'm thinking he's like Okay it's time to Get masturbated no no
0: you know generally this is something you're doing for like people getting ready to sell bulls and you're checking semen viability and that sort of thing and when you know it's crazy whenever you get into the breeder bull programs because you check semen quality you ultrasound them to see what all their meat looks like while they're still alive you look at all their genetics i mean it's it's a wild deal when you start talking about all the ai stuff and Mm. what kind of money people will buy like Hell, I was at a bull sale. A half share in a bull sold for hundred thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! And that just means you get half the semen from this bull. So, without
1: getting into it too much, I mean, one electrode yields how much?
0: Surprisingly little. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's not like a quarter. Or I've never like been a part. Our,
2: our bulls always just got put out with what's called natural cover, which is that we would select. We would, we would pull in all the all the all the moms, and then you would you know uh, sorry, Millie's moving around, and then you would you would say, all right, this group really needs a little bit more of what this bull gives, and then this group needs more of what this bull gives, and then you kind of what Ben's talking about is you got these big farms, like say you got a dairy, for example, you've got thousands of cows, and you don't want those dairy cows being number one taken out of their cycle. Number 2, you don't want them being injured because those those are very expensive cows when they're very well bred like that. And so what you do is they have all this artificial insemination of the bull and then the vet and his helper will literally walk around with looks like a freaking hot dog cart and inside of it are all these cool pipettes of semen. So instead of putting cool And they're
0: stored they're stored in liquid nitrogen. Yeah, so
2: in, okay, okay. Well, That's see, cool, where we got to talking like, about the
0: the doers of, of nitrogen and the semen. That's where that comes into play.
2: So instead of being like, all right, these cows would do way better with this bull, the, the, the vet and the owner will walk down and be like, all right, this cow, maybe she's a, she needs a little bit more mass in the rear, or maybe she's too big in the rear. So they, they pick the bull that's going to yield the best complement. And then they just pull the pipette out, and, they'll, and then, they, then, you know, then they breed her, and then it's done. That way there's no injury, and it's, it's
0: very calm for everybody. Sure. It's and it's also different on a ranch than a dairy.
2: Boy, yeah. dairy, I, used
0: a da- dairy I used a dairy cow's pretty cool.
2: I used a dairy because of the mindset you could just walk down the aisle and and, and pick and choose, which I've seen. Uh, I was because when I went to school in Illinois, I've heard dairy. I've
0: heard of that happening. I've never seen it. Yeah,
2: in in Illinois, we, we had more we've got to catch them cows.
0: individually in a chute for that. Oh here. man,
2: yeah, Jesus, now, horses are well, trained. Guys, horses are trained for a dummy. To be clear, you don't have any electrodes. They mount this, like, big foam-covered steel fake horse, and then a person stands next to them. This is its not my thing. They stand next to them with a sleeve on one arm, like a tube, like your arm slid into this tube. And on the other side of that is this big leather and foam-padded fake vagina. And then you have this giant plastic sleeve that goes in that collects the ejaculate. And then the horse is on the is on the dummy the person becomes the vagina that's why it's not my thing and then they have to like and and, and then and then they have to hold the horse together until it's over that's a very violent experience i do not think it's for everyone and then the bag is collected and then the semen now one breeding could be broken down to breed multiple multiple horses so you don't have to collect them every time you want to breed you can you can spread it out because they I, they like everything in the world. Make too much,
1: but yeah. Well, you've said it all. It's a lot. Perhaps, you've <laughs> <said too much>. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you said too much. We definitely said too much. Perhaps you said too much to quote the great Howard Stern. Ben Snoor, Jonathan Porter, we did it. Ooh, the Black Friday it, special. Fellas. I've learned more about being a cowboy than I ever thought I'd know. Up until jerking cows cows off congratulations guys
0: what? you know it's, it isn't always glamorous it's not, it's,
1: what, <laughs> no. what is it, high fives and hand no, jobs a... or lightning bolts yeah. and hand <laughs> jobs i didn't remember yeah it was there, there's, a lot, hand jobs. Of, there's a, <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of realism in being a cowboy it's i'm very impressed it's life
2: it's it's it dealing is. with life as it happens because you're the charge that's it
1: so you guys know if you're listening to this podcast who Ben Snure and Jonathan Porter are, Doghouse Forge and Ben Snure. You're obviously following them, and hopefully you're following us at the Full Blast Podcast on Instagram, and you can interact with us and blah blah blah. So I hope you guys have a I hope you guys had a have a great Thanksgiving and had a great Thanksgiving. And um, next week, I'm very happy to have um, Emiliano. Carrillo swordsmith bladesmith battle champion he's a I legit, sweet he's a battle champion so guys thank you so much for coming by we had some technical difficulties but we got it all squared away everybody sounded great and I love the stories and we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna have to have cowboy talk again. I'm
2: just super bummed Love I have to, to go back out and finish making the knives. That's just gosh.
0: Well Yeah, no shit. I gotta go to the shop and work on hair. I
2: just wanted like all right. I just wanna sit here and be
1: smiley like I am right now. But hey, Jeff, well, yeah. well thank you very much. It was a blast. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you guys have a great holiday. Safety and health and happiness. And uh, blah, blah, blah. And we'll see you next week, okay? Yes, we'll All see right, you, later. you
0: guys be good. Glad to know bye you. Bye-bye, Ben. Bye-bye, Jeff.
1: Adios. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.